3, 2, 1. Picture this. You're out in the backcountry with days left on your trip, enjoying some fall weather with your trusty water filter. Then you wake up one morning and there's frost on the ground. I know what happens next. If your water filter freezes after being used, that's it. It's useless. You are S-O-L. Exactly. And that's why I'm so excited about Rapid Pure Water Purifiers. I've done my share of long distance hiking. I know that worry. But if you have a Rapid Pure Pioneer straw, you're worry free. Rapid Pure's virus busting ultra ceram technology continues to work even after being frozen. The Pioneer straw is also great because it's so lightweight, just over two and a half ounces. Two and a half ounces? That is super light and compact. I could get down with that. Same. Just stick the end of the Pioneer straw into a stream, swamp, stagnant beaver pond, or what have Ugh. you. Ugh. But hey, you stick it in there and you can drink up. The Pioneer and Rapid Pure's other ultra fast and ultra awesome purifiers are available on Amazon. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off select Rapid Pure products with the promo code 15 Off Trail. 15 Off Trail. Learn more at rapidpure.net slash trail show. You're tuned to the trail show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota. It's the trail show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that, you know, trail show bump. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, trail show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the trail show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado, and Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district, this is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 160 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. P.O.D., what is on our Opera Ski menu this evening? Opry mm, Ski. Uh, well, we've got some fun beers to talk about tonight. And we have some very short trail news section, just a couple of items. We're going to be speaking with uh, Lance about the South Dakota Centennial Trail. The SDCT. Uh, we have some hotline calls. I think we have an audio clip update from one trail show listener. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to do a segment with Salty, which we, we haven't had Salty what? on in quite a while. So, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I had some, some questions for her, some things I've been thinking about. And so uh, we're going to go an inch wide and a mile deep on one specific topic. We're going to talk a little bit about some media and oh, we have a gear review, a real gear review. And is it yeah. though? I mean, I don't know. It's from we're the God making, Molecule, so. We're not making it up on the spot, so I guess that's more real than what we normally have. Right. And, uh, you know, who knows? Other shenanigans, mailbag, ask a hiker, you know, standard stuff. Well, before we get into Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month, we should mention that Mike DiLorenzo is MIA like Chuck Norris, 
But just in the nick of time, ladies and gentlemen, Special 41 has joined us this evening. Special, are you there? Special, unmute. Are you there? Special. I think you might have to unmute him. Special. Special, are you there? We can't hear you. <laughs> I unmuted him. He's not oh, muted. Oh. It was a secondary mute. It was a secondary <laughs> mute. It was my, a double uh, mute situation. Yeah, I've got a I've got a mute button on my headphones. It was it was muted. Uh, now, now I can hear you. You can hear me. Excellent. And we're getting we're 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 starting already with the great special angles. Yep, we are. And uh, special, you haven't missed much. We just did the <laughs> introduction. Whoa! I think I think I just saw some Balzac. That's just the tip. And of course, we've got Triple O in the house. You heard him earlier on our promo. But let's talk about Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. We went to Michigan during this last month. Actually, last week, P.U.D. and I drove two days to Michigan, spent four days in Michigan, and drove two days back. And while we were in Michigan, won Frito Roll Tide Garcia delivered beer again. We've got four offerings this evening from Holmes Brewery in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We've got the Weave IPA. We've got the Tidal Double IPA. We've got the Dub Passion, which is a double passion fruit goza that I know Special would like. Yeah, you know, point of order. I'm pretty sure Boulder is on the way. Uh, is <laughs> yeah. on the way. Like, we so drove to the Springs, man. I was actually just looking Michigan, at the Google Maps. And if you're from Michigan. So I just, I just, I just like to make there. this point. I just like to make this point. You could have stopped in Boulder and and dropped off some of this beer for uh for some some of the rest of us to, to sample it as actually well. wasn't on our way because on the way back through we couldn't get a campsite in iowa for friday night so we had to camp in kansas we camped in lawrence kansas on friday night you couldn't, so that's you a, ever, you couldn't you ever get a campsite in, in iowa land? huh blm yeah. land they don't have blm Lord land in kansas land. come on man or Iowa. Iowa doesn't have public land. Have you ever looked did, at a map? Did you try it? Did you try Beaver Lake uh, uh, Campground? I found a spot there last night. <laughs> well, Beauty, isn't we, that we your really... go-to? No, I go to Coralville. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Home of the mm-hmm. Hawkeyes. Well, I also should mention we also have the Soaker from Holmes Brewing, which is a hoppy Vienna Lager, which is actually a collaboration that Holmes did with. Humble Sea Brewery out of Santa Cruz. And it is freaking delicious. And not to mention all the other beer that's in the closet. Yeah, that's well, I'm drinking a uh I'm drinking a, a hop peak IPA from Breckenridge Brewery that I had to uh that I had to snag from from my neighbor. Special, I thought you didn't care for the IPAs. I, it was the only beer available and we were about to record a trail show. I literally drove all day like 10 hours today and I stairs and opened my door like 37 seconds before I got on the, uh, on, on the Skype here. So wow. I didn't chance to stop and get any beer or, or do anything in the way of actual preparation. I, I've worked like 70 hours and driven as many in the last, well, well maybe not 70 pre- hours. Of- then you're prepared to get drunk, which is all you need to be prepared to do. That's right. Well, right. I mean, after this, 
after my my uh, my IPA, I'm gonna switch to uh, to gin martinis. So, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I I just wanted to confirm. Unfortunately, they are right. Iowa has almost no public land. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's they. Are, it's like nothing. They are correct, yeah. but you. But yeah, I actually found some pretty easily last night. Well, I tell you what, uh, special on our drive to Michigan, we stayed at a fantastic state park in Iowa, and camped right on a lake, Anita Lake State Park. Lovely okay, place. Um, don't everybody rush there and and book up all the campsites. We need it for these long distance drives. But <laughs> that is a fantastic little spot. It was and really nice. I would happily stay there again. I stayed at a park called Pawnee and definitely felt like I was in, a, in an episode of Parks and Rec, like the whole time <laughs> I was there. Really? Like, I'm in Pawnee. I'm Sebastian. Man, if only I knew Parks and Rec, I'd get the reference. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. You, you, you don't, but there will be like two listeners out there who are going to know what I'm talking about and are going to find that maybe even chuckle-worthy. Substituting for Trail News this evening, we have the Princess of Darkness in for Special 41. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have Trail News with Special 41. Here it is. Princess of Darkness, take it away. All right. Well, we have two news items tonight. The first one is uh, right here locally. Uh, Colorado man, Dave Chernosky, uh, was staying in a house in Aspen with his kids and heard a commotion and thought, I hope it's not a bear. And he got up, and in the kitchen, sure enough, was a 400-pound black bear that was apparently opening the drawers and cabinets and throwing things around in the kitchen. Typical. Um, typical. So he was able to kind of coax the bear into the garage through the door. And then um, when he hit the garage door opener, the bear freaked out, came back in the house. Oh. And then he went to look for it, and he came face-to-face -face with the bear in the hallway that accessed the room where his kids were sleeping. It uh, went after him, swiped him a couple of times, um, and he's pretty lucky. The, um, he got two, th three pretty bad lacerations, and the, the bear just barely missed his eye by like a half inch, and then also barely missed his carotid artery. And then the bear ran off. Did it, did it barely miss it, or did it nearly miss barely it? Barely missed it. <laughs> How did the okay. bear get an entry to this man's house? That's a great question. So in a lot of homes, uh, especially out in these parts, it's very popular for people to put French door handles on their homes, on their main entry, on sliding doors, because they like the way it looks. Uh -huh. And French door handles are kind of like the lever ones. They're not a knob or a latch. And um, so if they're unlocked, the bear can just like hit the handle said, and the door opens. You said something very important there. You oh, said, the door was unlocked? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty common around here. So even even if you have French door handles and you lock your door, a bear can't get into your house. But if you leave your door unlocked, then sometimes you end up with a bear in your hallway that gives you lacerations and almost slices your carotid artery. I, I would say though, I would say though, but with um, French door handles, even if the door were locked, I actually think that a bear could, could still open the door because of the force. It's called a deadbolt POD. Yes, that's I true. I mean, 
you've seen pictures in parks and stuff with bears have pried open a car door before right yeah but, so i'm but, sure they can if, get in if they want to if, it's about if a bear making can them go to like, your neighbor's house instead of yours like just yeah, make your it, house a little more difficult if a exactly. bear smells something good in there and feels like it it, it can get in if it can get a claw you For know, sure. in, but I'll, I'll tell you from living yeah. across the butte that bears generally don't go into locked homes no they're they, up no they, they just yeah exactly. anyway the bear was euthanized the man is okay um oh. so there you go the picture is brutal i mean he really did yeah he got he's losing his life yeah i mean the neck the next scars are, are gonna be they're gonna be a good story at a bar one day tough yeah. af <laughs> and the one on his eye is crazy i mean it he very nearly took his eyeball out it's crazy Ooh. if you want to see the pictures people just go to cnn and type in colorado man survives bear attack you'll it's see called a deadbolt people use it yeah all right next story this is kind of cool the uh into the wild bus has been airlifted um, out of alaska what? uh so no yeah the how am i gonna make a pilgrimage to <laughs> that location if the bus is no longer there uh i just go you are entirely too competent and prepared to make a pilgrimage you have to go with no backpacking or outdoor experience oh. that's how you get to the bus okay and that been the news yeah apparently two people have drowned uh looking for the bus and in 2010 and 2019 each a person drowned 15 people have had to be rescued from there didn't we talk about this one of those last year when that happened i feel like we talked about that on the show it was like yeah. a, a husband and wife or something like that yeah. or some newlyweds oh, honeymoon. yeah 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 and then yeah. like one of i forget which one of them ended up drowning because of it or maybe it was both i can't recall but yeah i don't know why people continued to make such bad calls to go see this bus yeah. because they so, saw the movie yeah and so they the the basically the bus was falling apart and people were going to see it and so they decided to um to remove it the the pictures are pretty cool like the bus being being hauled by a, a chopper um a black hawk chopper interestingly enough the bus was actually originally um when it was first moved there, it was used for housing, which is funny. It was um, originally used in Fairbanks to transport commuters, but then in 1960, it was hauled into the wilderness by the Utah Construction Company to house employees during some access road. So, and then it was abandoned. So yeah, they uh, they finally hauled it out and it's, it's gone and hopefully that will uh, save some lives and save people from trying to go out there and but if i want if i want to have you know, a pilgrimage is, to is alexander super tramps stomping ground where where do i go now what do i do i think people are still going to go to the same place i think people are still going to go to where the where the bus was and and they're still going to get themselves in trouble yeah um, and that's they fine. just won't find the bus uh, and, and the thing is that I think they're eventually going to put the bus on display. So I think it will mm -hmm. um, hopefully avoid some problems. But, you know, his sister um, who wrote a book about their upbringing and everything, she said, bus 142 did not belong to Chris and it doesn't belong to his family. As for those that followed his footsteps to where it rested at the end of the day, their journey wasn't about a bus. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I think people will still go there. Uh, I, I, I think that now that it's gone, I think that it'll probably diminish over time. For I sure. think that there's a lot of people that just won't have, there, there'll still be like the diehard people who are like, Oh, I've got to go and, 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 and be there and, and see the spot. I agree, but, but, but I think it's going to decrease because the, the, mm -hmm. the wilds are going to take over the spot where it rested. It's going to become more and more difficult to find that spot, even if it's geotagged, yep. because people aren't going to be able to take pictures with the bus and put it on Instagram. It's just going yep. to be like a mm -hmm. random spot with Good willows, point. you know? Yeah. So, Should yeah. the trail show yeah. go there to record an episode? No. Never. Okay. So that's it. That's all the news. Um, wait, I'm just going to say real quick. Uh, I know that some folks sent me some news items uh, over the last uh, the last show recording or whatever, uh, and I did not get a chance to put together show notes and do trail notes. So I'm sorry. Maybe we'll talk about it uh, next month. There's always um, August. There's yeah. always yeah. August. Yeah. And it's you know we're still in lockdown mode, so news is good forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well and there were there were some things that happened though i mean there were some i think that that at pipeline some stuff happened with that there was a couple yeah. i think i had a, an update on another story that i that i uh we talked about before so 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 next month i promise i'll do at least 45 minutes of preparation and we'll talk about stories awesome cool all right pod thank you very much for subbing in for trail news this evening yeah yes well, thank you Let's uh let's go to the hotline. Call the trail show. Call the trail show. Seven two zero eight nine three twenty two sixty nine. Seven two zero seven two zero eight nine three eight nine three twenty two twenty two sixty nine. Call the trail show. You got anything for us this evening? I do. Well, first off, we have an update from Toothpick. And just to preface this, he did call first, but his message got a little garbled, so he called back. So that's why he's talking about the second message. We're not trying to censor it. Did you say Toothpick? Yes. Okay. Hey, guys. This is Todd Anderson down in Austin, Texas. Um, calling back a second time. I was, I was thinking of some things after I left that last message. So this is take two. Um, I got a good laugh listening to this last show. Y'all read me the contributors' responses. The donors, that was cool. That's what's called. And you mentioned John Kistick Anderson. <laughs> I was like, who's that guy? And then uh, this kind of told us, started explaining, and I was oh, that's me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she gave me a good laugh. I wasn't expecting to get the trail name, and I do remember putting my name on maybe the donation as Todd, I don't have a trail name, Anderson, so maybe that, that kind of was an invitation, I guess. Uh, so, two things. Hmm. Not what I would have picked out for myself, but, um, yeah, I was asking for a toothpick, so <laughs> got me laughing, that's for sure. And I always have been kind of a skinny guy my whole life, so I don't know, maybe that's a good one. We'll see. Um, so, uh, thank you, I guess. And, uh, the second thing was, yeah, you guys were talking about, 
oh yeah, you know, hope you found it or hope you and hope you cleaned it when you got it. And quick story. So when I got it, I found it and I was like, sweet, you know, and I used it. I didn't clean it. Oh. And I, I probably should have, but I didn't. And then I was listening to the next show and I heard this talking about, yeah, I hadn't been feeling well. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, I might have should have cleaned that thing first. But um, it's been a few weeks. I'm good. But thank you so much again for uh, sending that toothpick. And thank you, I guess, for the uh, for a trailing. So uh, great hearing your show, guys. I'm always entertained by it. It's a lot of fun. And I appreciate what y'all do. Thanks a lot. See y'all later. And that is nice. perfect. That is perfect. So in the proud tradition of how trail names were originally given to someone, you got it from someone else. You didn't give it to yourself. So, and the other thing is that in my mind, it's a, it's a good and fitting trail name. If the person who receives that name is a little uneasy about it, yeah. that, that means that, <laughs> that you've done good. That means that, you know, it, it's a good name because he's uneasy about it. And the fact that he didn't clean that though, I mean, guys, I don't even want to tell you what I was, what that toothpick, I mean. Maybe it should be dirty toothpick or <laughs> dirt. Maybe it should be dirt pick. <laughs> uh, I like, I like, I like dirty toothpick. That's, that's got kind of like a, how about old dirty toothpick? Oh, there we go. ODTP, if you will. <laughs> That could also be old, old, dirty toilet paper. Well, most toilet paper sort of gets that way. <laughs> anyway, toothpick. Thanks for uh, thanks for the call. Can we do one more? Yeah, we got we got a, a call from one of our all time favorites here. Hey now, bear sweats over here. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. Wait, I just, I'm pausing the conversation. I just want you guys to know every time Disco hears your voice, the biggest smile comes across his face. He's, he's always so excited. So I'm going to keep playing now. I just want you to know how much joy you bring yeah. oh, to the town of Salida whenever you call. There's still some shows behind. Go figure in times of these. But it's just the way it is. And uh, yeah. We like to contribute that the only way to day hike with 40 pounds reasonably is by having some children to strap to your back to get you going. So there you go. Peace and love. Be good. Pay homage. Wait a minute. What was strapped to his back? Some children. Oh, 40 pounds. I think the point is, yeah, if you got a 40-pound day pack, you better have a kid in it. Well, or a case of beer. So, uh, quick, quick point of order, um, on my drive yesterday, I, uh, I came up behind a vehicle. I I just texted a a photo of it to everybody. Um, and I I looked down at the license plate and it's one of those vanity plates Mm -hmm. says peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Is that a New Peace York plate? Peace and love. Uh, you know, I don't recall. I think it was like a, it might have been like an, I, I, re- I don't even remember what state I was in. I think it was in Michigan. Oh, it looks so like you were on I-96 West. Michigan plate. 
Yeah, I think I was in Michigan. Yeah, 96 West. That sounds about right. Peace and love. Good to hear. I, I saw that, not, and and all I thought was, I, I wonder if that's Bear Sweats up there. <laughs> and and then I I I pulled up next to the uh, the vehicle, and uh, it was it was pretty young, uh, pretty young fellow. So I didn't think it was Bear Sweats. It was like real, like like I think this kid had just got their license. It, it might have been their their parents' car. I think so. Bear Sweats is a young fellow. He is, uh, but you know, I don't think he looks like a not like child. sixteen. No, <laughs> I gotta say, um, I, I can't remember what his Instagram handle is. Uh, Tough Broad, her Instagram handle is Cooking Scraps, and they they post the best photos, man. Other kids, they're the, the especially uh, what is it? Piglet is that the newest one? The yeah. expressions are fantastic on that kid's face, man. They're they're so cute. They just have the best expressions. But anyway. I guess that's not very helpful, but cooking scraps, you can follow her and then maybe you can get to him somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah. I know I follow him, but I don't know what his handle is. Anyway. Well, I tell you what, we're going to go from those audio clips to a submission from the North Country Trail from one of our longtime mm. trail show faves, Brian Buck 30 Tansman. <gasps> oh. Let's see how Buck 30's doing out there. What's up, trail show? It's Buck 30. For the the Where Are They Now segment, I heard a Where Are They Now segment a couple episodes ago and thought that I would uh, correct the record. I don't I don't want people to think that I'm I'm actually working. So uh, I'm out hiking. I'm currently on the North Country Trail heading east. Um, so I've done the I've done the eastern two thousand miles like two years ago. And so I started at the Western Terminus in North Dakota um, in late May this year. And I'm heading east to uh, Piqua, Ohio, which would be, uh, that would complete it for me. So that would be the, I don't know, it's like 46, 4,800 miles. I don't know. I'm not sure anyone actually knows. Uh, and if I finish it, that'll be my, that'll Jeez. be my eighth National Scenic Trail. And so I'd have three to go of the 11. I don't think you've done the North Country Trail, actually as a trail of the month we have but i'd have three to go and actually i was um i was gonna save the florida trail for the end i thought that i would well i thought i'd do the florida trail this winter but if i can get delo to to get two months off from the family then we should do the florida trail together <laughs> we can do it postpone it and we can do july and august how's that sound not happening. It'll be the first summer Florida Trail through hikers. I know you've been dying to do it in the uh, in the summer. Um, maybe the family can give you a couple months off. Um, maybe we can find like substitute parents. Like uh, I don't know, maybe Mags, like uh, a lookalike, <laughs> a duo lookalike. Maybe Mags can come in and and be a, a husband and father for two months while while duo gets a couple months <laughs> off to hike um so that's plan that's the plan um uh let's see i've come through north dakota and minnesota so far north dakota is pretty cool actually like you wouldn't think of it as a great hiking destination but i actually really liked north dakota uh pod would hate it. uh too much you know dirt road walking but uh it was really nice like it, it there's actually a lot of lakes like probably the most birds and just bird life i've ever experienced um they've got like 10 foot 
uh, wingspan um, pelicans here, like the great North American pelican that migrates, you know, from South America to North America. It's pretty amazing. Hey, real quick, I'm going to pause this here. I just want to correct Buck 30. We actually did feature the North Country Trail as Trail of the Month way back in November 2015, trail show number 42. We interviewed Luke Strider Jordan, and he regaled us with tales about not drinking water for three days straight and being mauled by mosquitoes unrelentlessly. Um, P.O.D., you might remember that is the last show we did in our old house in Wheat Ridge. Ah, yeah. All right, back to Buck 30. And it's just, it was really flat and easy and just tons of like easy gravel remote. What uh -oh. happened? What's going on? Uh oh, he died on the North Country Trail. Oh no. One of the pelicans got him. Oh no, we'll have to, we'll have to alert the local authorities. One of the windiest places in the country. Oh, there we go. And so it's oh. hard to camp because, like, you got to find like these little shelter belts on farmland, but then, of course, it's private property and there's not that many shelter belts, and you have to be like a master stealth camper. And then I've had like some really epic, severe thunderstorms. Like, three different nights, there was like tornado warnings, and I don't know what the hell's going on out here. And it was hot. I mean, what, like, who would think that North Dakota would be so hot? But it was, there was, a, there was a few days where it was like 90-something degrees. So, I don't know. Uh, Minnesota has been, I don't know, not as nice, actually. I was expecting Minnesota to be, like, really awesome. And I, I guess I just haven't enjoyed it quite as much. The, the trail conditions have been really rough. Really, a lot of unmaintained trail. Maybe a little bit because of COVID. People got delayed with trail maintenance, I guess. But, I don't know, like, most of the trail has to be mowed. And Gotta get a canoe. Your trail, it's just futile. Like you can never catch up and actually have like good trail. So trail conditions have been pretty rough. And then of course, like the mosquitoes and the ticks and the deer flies have been just epically bad. Oh, oh. I just think there's nowhere. Like I think a lie in like on the North Country Trail, it's just really hard to find the place that's suitable for good hiking. So you just kind of have to suffer through somewhere. June and July, so why not here? But um, I don't know. There's a lot of lakes, and it's been you know it's been cool. Um, I'm really way up north. I crossed the um, the boundary waters on the Kekakabic Trail and the Border Route Trail, which is really awesome. Sweet. People who want to do like short sections, and then I just connected to the Superior Hiking Trail, and so that's awesome because it's actually maintained 300 miles of maintained trail. <laughs> Nice. So stoked for that. I'm just at the very beginning. Uh, and I don't know, that's an update. I'm going to keep walking. Um, basically, it heads like south on the Superior Hiking Trail, goes across the top of Wisconsin, uh, goes all the way across the Upper Peninsula, and then all the way down straight through Michigan. And then I got like 150 miles in Ohio to connect. So where in the world Buck 30 is, um, for my final thing, I was going to, I'm going to rank my uh, favorite to least favorite trail show hosts. Oh, here we go. We're both short and we have the Continental Divide Trail 05 in common. Uh, we never saw each other out there, but 
I feel like we kind of have this, uh, this little brotherhood from CDT 05. And, and then we're also going to be Florida trail summer. Is that little brotherhood, like small people? Uh, brotherhood? Yeah. So d and I'm going to go number two. I'm going to go out of order. Um, I don't I haven't really met out of order, but I think it was 2012 when I was kayaking the Mississippi river out of order was out there on his like epic, like trip from like Key West to the northernmost point in the continental u.s i think correct me if i'm wrong they're out of order so i don't know that's a pretty yeah. cool trip and you know he's a lawyer i'm an accountant <laughs> doing number two out of order uh number three i'm gonna go special uh i also don't really know special that well but i do think that 14ers through hike is pretty awesome so i i do like that teeners through hike that that was pretty epic um uh, the downside of special is like you know, this LNT mm. stuff you're, you're all into, I just feel like mm. he wouldn't really be a good hiking partner. Like, sometimes you just have to take, like, a surface dump oh. right on the trail. Oh, no. Special. <laughs> That's why I think he's sliding okay, into so. number three, because you just can't take a surface double. So. Uh, number four, Disco. You know, actually, I, I do love you, Disco. I, I, I would have ranked you higher, but, you know, you're, you're married to my... <laughs> That, that, that doesn't help you also washed your socks in oh here we go spring on the haiti trail <clears throat> yeah spring <laughs> so not right cool. otherwise i do love you disco uh and number uh number five of course pod i mean pod you're just you're so mean to me and you you hate short people and if i hear you talk about how hard the Idaho Centennial Trail is, again, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to put you in at number five. Um, I, I know that I would be number five out of five on your list as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Um, hope everyone's doing good and getting out a little bit in this crazy, crazy time. Uh, all right. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll try and uh, send one of these messages in monthly or something, given that your your people – don't uh don't have uh are, aren't hiking the north americas or the americas or whatever so i can substitute with a little bit um random different stuff oh that was buck 30 ladies and gentlemen well, i have four great. i have four follow-up things oh my god <laughs> oh wow four come on. how about i book guess we two? all know why you're number five now yeah. <laughs> that's right i should have five follow-up things like i'm surprised he even five. ranked you i thought he would just not say anything about you like, I know. <laughs> the first thing is uh the idaho centennial trail i actually disco is the one who kept trying to get me to say that it was too hard so there's that. Number two, you hear Buck 30 out there complaining about, oh, the trails are so overgrown and difficult in Minnesota. And it's funny because I had a conversation with him right before he started. And I said, oh, Disco and I are going to do trail work. And he said, it's good that you guys do that because I don't do trail work. I hike trails. So when oh. you don't do trail work, yeah, you get trails. Uh, let's see if I can remember all my, oh, I don't hate short people. My parents are short, but but thirty is not really a person. So your parents are short. Oh, they are very short. Number four is you're correct. None of us trail show hosts are out hiking long trails right now because pretty much every organization has said yeah. it is unsafe to do so. That's right, Buck Thirty. 
Uh, I thought it was a very nice review of us. <laughs> yeah. I bet and, uh, I do remember on I, the Mississippi I, River. I he was too. just behind me by like a week on the Mississippi River. Oh, I hope but you washed your socks in the water. It was <laughs> you could wash a toxic dump in that water and it would probably improve the quality by the time you get to New Orleans. I yeah. like that we're gonna get a monthly update from Buck Thirty. You know, it's like the monthly I, I do too. uh the monthly apparition of Buck Thirty. It's kind of like your period. You don't really look forward to it, but it has to happen. Wow. I, oh I'm gonna Lord. say I rather enjoyed this update from Buck Thirty. I I yeah I thought it was uh I thought it was great. Um mm -hmm. You know, like it's, I was, like I was special even, trying to I was angle okay. for the number two slot I was even next okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I coming say, I was, I was gonna say I was even okay with being ranked number three, and and for a Scorpio, that's saying something. <laughs> All right, maybe folks. he would he would rank uh, Snorkel or Salty ahead of me, you know, and like put me down at number seven of five or something. Seven of five. All right, folks, we're taking a break. Don't go anywhere. The Trail Show will be back. This is Dirtmonger, and I never listen to the trail show. Here's a question for you. What if you could have all the benefits of water purification with none of the downsides? AKA not having to pre-filter your water, wait 20 plus minutes for it to work, then have that weird aftertaste. There's nothing worse than your water tasting like crap when you're super thirsty. None of that. New Rapid Pure purifiers are just as easy to use as filters. No batteries, no waiting or pressing, but they provide the advanced protection of purifiers. Wait a minute. By purifier, you mean Rapid Pure removes viruses? Over 99.99% of viruses, baby, as well as bacteria, parasites, and sediment, and Rapid Pure improves taste and odor with activated carbon. No more stanky water. Wow. Viruses are gross, and I don't like stanky water either. I know. You're picky about your water. If you're looking for an upgrade, check out Rapid Pure Water Purifiers, available on Amazon. For a limited time, our customers get an exclusive 15% off discount for select Rapid Pure products with the promo code 15 off trail. That's 1-5-OFF-TRAIL. Learn more at rapidpure.net slash trailshow. Excellent. Can we go to the hotline again, Triple O? Let's go back to Bear Sweats, who called what? us with what? some more information. Bear Sweats and Piglet over here want to contribute to the tent stakes there. So you're walking through the bush. Holy! You're walking through the woods, and you get up to a headwall covered with snow. You duct tape or you pee cord that tent stake to the bottom of your shoe so you have some spikes there 
and you go stamping up that head wall. Huh? And we were hoping to use uh, the one-cheek sneak term to potty train the girls here. Much love. Peace and love. Fight the good fight. Hey, homie. <laughs> the one cheek sneak that's triple o's thing the one cheek sneak is the best it's the best it's classic classic i don't know that you want to potty train someone using that though but i mean yeah depends on the context you know sure the head wall though he's he's teaching the kids how to one cheek sneak on the head wall <laughs> that's crazy talk we got well this is a quick call um this is a update on Pat Dixon's songs, whether oh. they're available. I looked for the snorkel song by Pat Axel Dixon, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. So apparently... <laughs> Wait a minute, was that Siri? <laughs> Who was I think that? it was Siri. <laughs> Siri cannot find... <laughs> okay. I looked for the snorkel song by Pat Axel Dixon, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Yeah. Pat, so you better fix that. It sounds like she's saying, I looked for the snorkel phone. Snorkel phone. Oh, 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 okay. Mm. By the way, Pat Axel Dixon has a new book out. I just want to give it a quick mention. Uh, Wait, an album and now a book too? In the same title, Hee Ho. I got an email from Pat Dixon about his new book. He said, "All all proceeds go toward a charitable cause uh, which is www.psp.org. He's trying to help that organization out. He said that uh, you can just simply go on Amazon and search Heho Patrick Dixon. That's H-E-H-O Patrick Dixon. Or you can go to his Amazon author page, which is amazon.com slash author slash P Dixon. So if you've already picked up the album, now you can pick up the book. So get on it. Nice. He's a media mogul, that guy. Yes, I know. (laughs) What's next? A movie? I hope that's the next step. I hope so. I hope I hope he does the sequel to uh, what's that book? D'Lo took four years to read. Oh, Oh, wow! It's like Civilization. Oh, yeah. No. All right. Um, I think we've got time to go shout out our donors before we get into our trail of the month. So POD, take it away. All right. We've got our monthly VIPs. Bernard Wolf. Oh, wait, I got to. <laughs> You're right there, Spesh. I've just got to bring up the show sheet. Uh, okay. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepped for, for uh, doing the. Oh yeah. We're doing call, things call out of order. Yeah. So we got Bernard Wolf, and by the way, uh, if you don't follow Gummy Bear on Instagram, his parents are old, and they go hiking all the time. It's pretty cool. They get it done. They do. We got Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Russ. Craig Pisco Gully. What I got. We've got, by the way, we shared that beer with Frida Rolte Garcia. Delicious. We've got Chris Smith, Gringo Madness. Bobby Walters. The. The. Especially do you have Walters. an update? Um, so yeah, on my drive back, I was gonna try to uh, to you know crash Bobby's party and be like, "What's up? Let's hang out, drink a beer in your backyard, all social distanced and stuff." But she was out of town, so I just slept in her backyard. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you see and, Carl? Uh, 
Um, I saw, you know, I forget which of the cats is named which because there's the little black panther cat. That's oh, the other that one's, one's Carl. Not, that's not Carl. And right. I think the one that's like gray and old and like I'm pretty that's sure is like a Siberian forest cat. That's Carl. That's Carl, yeah. So Carl, Carl came up to the window, the back door window, and was like, because I slept on her porch. And then, and uh, <laughs> like a good homeless person. <laughs> totally, yeah. And then I, 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 I showered myself off in her backyard with uh, the, the hose, you know? Um, so it was, it was great. Um, but yeah, her cat came up at one point and was like, uh, you know, putting his paw up against the uh, the window, like, let me out, let me out, man, let's hang out. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I couldn't let him out. So he just, no. he got really mad at me, though. Um, at first, it was just like paw up against the glass real cute, like almost, you know, like prison style or whatever. And, 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 and then, and then he was like, no, really let me out and was like, kind of clawing at the door a little bit almost <laughs> like you know at the glass like come on let me out i'm like sorry man it's, yeah, it's not gonna, it's do. not it's not gonna happen i'd like to scratch your little head too but it's just not gonna happen this time um all right we got joshua bow down to job bowden ja. trevor smoke ja. it if you got it bowl man the bowl man on weedman weedman jeffrey oh, cottonmouth yeah, caldwell the diane pinkers Diane pinkers David, bowl of pasta as big as your baby's diaper, Vitty. You know what I like to do with my pasta is put some Parmesan on it. And then and then I eat that that pasta. And then I get more Parmesan and I put more Parmesan on and then I eat that pasta. Justin Quality Knowles. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. Ingrid Gerard. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how? El Domingo. Stephen the Hustler Russell, Ammon the Brute, Bruce, Brute, gonna Renee, Shira Patrick, hey, Shira, Wesley the Haggis Attic, Greenwood, I need it, need it, Kevin Chicky Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette, Tebow not Tim Williams, Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens, Meat Pete, ooh that was a good one, Joseph Pecoraro, Pecoraro. Brandon. Lost Balls Love Lady. I lost them. Where, where'd they go? She wrote the Switch Blady and Brian the Big Mac Namera. Big Mac. Fatty so Sisu Matascala. Bill Felipe Gilbert. Kill Bill Cottrell. Felipe. Gabby. Murder. The Big Shiny Geode Hale. What's inside? Hey. Hannah Dykstra. Hannah Barbera. That's right. Stevens. Swept away, but last TTS, y'all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Swept away. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony the Brad Pitts. Bob Death March Trombler. EMT, the God Molecule. By the way, we'll be hearing from him later. Rachel Die, Alabama Die Merchant. Wow, that's yes. strong. That's, uh, it's like the opposite of Roll Tide or something, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Eric Adequate Johnson. Uh, let's see. Danth Omson. Danth Omson. Yeah. Uh, Martin. Yeah, Danth is his Dan- name. Danth. Danth. Omson. Danth Omson. Yep. Danth Omson. Mm-hmm. Martin the Rawest Water Swank. Rawest mm, Water. So raw. 
<laughs> Richie Rich Lemuel Glasgow. Rich. Uh, Shout like, out like for that rich. beer mustard. Mark, the nuclear farmer. I gotta say his name right. Homeyer. Narmer. <laughs> Narmer. Narmer. He's a Narmer. A nuclear farmer. Uh, Sarah Compass Haynes. Sains. And we got some one-offs. We got Pete Prof Barlow. What up, Prof? Mm, and Mr. Ray Fitch, who is a repeat offender. He donates Ray Fitch. Uh, and that's every a now blast and then. in the past. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, yep. Ray. And we've got uh, beer from Frito World Tiger Sia. Frito, keeping it real with. We got, well, you know. We, some some, some, really some people do. Some people do. We, <laughs> so, some of us had to make a martini during the break. <laughs> Excellent. Is that it for donors, POD? That's, that's it. Cool. We well, we are going to go right into our trail of the month. We have the extreme pleasure of having one Lance Smith from South Dakota on the show this evening to talk to us about the South Dakota Centennial Trail, not to be confused with the Idaho Centennial Trail. Those are two is different it, centennials. Is, is, the Idaho is, one is really difficult, right, P.O.D.? No. <laughs> is, okay. Did D.Lo just get on? Uh, no, that is Lance. Lance, yeah. thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Excellent. Lance and I have been emailing for, I don't know, a couple of years now at this point. Yeah, I've emailed you before quite a while ago, yeah. most recently about this trail. Well, so Lance put the South Dakota Centennial Trail on our radar, and I got to admit, I had never heard of it, um, but after his description of it, and all the the different things you you get to see on a South Dakota Centennial Trail hike, it sounded like a really good fit for Trail of the Month. So, Lance, thanks again for joining us. And if you could just give us a brief overview of where this trail starts and ends, and any other kind of general info that might be good for us. Sure. So the the trails in the western side of South Dakota. It's in the Black Hills. Um, it starts at, it starts or ends. It depends if you hike it north to south or south to north. We went south to north, so we started in um, Wind Cave National Park. Uh, it goes then north up through Custer State Park, which is kind of one of the premier state parks in South Dakota. You then run up in through the Black Elk Wilderness, it's called, uh, for about 15 miles. And then you're in the Black Hills National Forest. Uh, and then you'll just keep going north past Sturgis, South Dakota. And you'll end at Bear Butte, which, uh, which is a, in the Bear Butte State Park. And it's about 125 miles long, give or take. It was designated a National Scenic Trail in 1997. Uh, it's kind of... It's trail number 89 because it's was created in 1989 to celebrate the 100th the anniversary of South Dakota becoming a state. Oh, cool. I, I love these cliff notes you gave us, by the way. So it's a mix of forest types and or I should say vegetation types. Like it's a mix of grasslands to high country. Is there a big difference in elevations? Is that why you get grasslands to, to high, high country? 
it's there's a lot of ups and downs in it. We started uh, in Wind Cave, so kind of not at its lowest point, but I think it's its lowest point is kind of right before you go up uh, at the end. But the high point is about just shy of six thousand feet. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly what it started out, but yeah, we there. You're in the grasslands, you go up into forests. A lot of times you're walking on a grass path, you're walking on single track, you're walking on gravel road, you're walking on kind of a, a road that guys might go in to check out fence line uh, on the different grounds that the trail goes through. Cause like down in Wind Cave National Park, there's a lot of buffalo or bison. Same with in Custer State Park. So I think they're trying to keep those animals in the certain locations. So it's a lot of different, I guess, tread that you're walking on. Did you, uh, did you do the tour into the cave itself when you were there? No, we didn't. I'd, I'd been in the cave before um, and some other caves out in the hills. There's another one called Jewel Cave that we've been to, but we did not go into Wind Cave this time. We kind of just headed out to the trail from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where I'm from. I had another friend fly in from New Hampshire, and uh, we took my son and one of his friends and another friend I have from Sioux Falls, so there was five of us that did the trip. Uh, so we just kind of headed out and just started from the southern terminus, which is uh, called Norbeck Trailhead. Just out of curiosity, was Wind Cave National Park actually open during these times of COVID? Yes, it was open. Yep. Okay. As far as I'm aware, there was nothing that was really closed. Uh, South Dakota's pretty open. Okay. Uh, as we traveled through on the trail, you really don't go through any towns. Uh, the one town that we did stay in was Nemo, South Dakota. It's more like a small village. It's not, I wouldn't really classify it as a town. Um, there are some services there. My parents came from Nebraska with the fifth wheel camper and they kind of followed along with us and gave us a little support along the way. And we, we ended up staying in the camper a few nights by the camper and then out in the, on the trail a few nights too. Oh, that's a great way to do it. Talk, talk yeah, to I, us a little bit more about that. I noticed in a few of the video clips that you sent us that um, you guys were carrying just day packs. And I was like, Hmm, how are they doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my idea just because, my dad is the one who got me into hiking. I've really only been hiking for about 10 years. I started when I was 40. I just turned 50 on the 4th of July. Happy um, birthday. Hey, thanks. I think 50 has been the toughest one so far. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll wait and see what 60 feels like. Right. But yes, so I, right. wanted to invite, I wanted to invite my parents to be, I guess, a part of the, the journey with us. Uh, he, they like to be involved, that sort of thing. So... We had the camper two nights at a lake uh, where they we started from, and then they, my dad took us to the trailhead to start, um, and then we hiked back to that same camper. So, yeah, we were able to hike in day packs a lot of the time, which was really helpful. Uh, my son and his friend are both 15. Uh, they were kind of the what got this started last year. I took them on a small trip into the Black Elk Wilderness, and from about 40, 50 miles away, we could see the end of the trail, Bear Butte. And I asked them if they would want to go hike to that uh, and do a longer trail, say it'd be like five, six days long, and they both were game. So I said I would try to make it happen. And, and so it became this trip this year. 
Very cool. You had a crew with you on this hike, right? I mean, it was it was more than just those two. It was like you and about five, six, seven other people. No, it was just uh, my son and his friend, uh, and then three three adults and my parents. Okay, that's a crew. My parents, yeah, my parents didn't do any of the hiking. I guess my dad went to the top of uh, at at the end with us, but uh, there was five of us that hiked every day. And you guys, you guys put in a couple of big mileage days. I noticed, and I was impressed. Um, at least on film, your son and his friend didn't seem like they hated. They hated it. Um, and I, and, you know, it was like in the twenties. Was that 20, select, twenty plus mile day? Was that just some for, selective editing? No, they did great. They were always out in front of us. There was a few times like. Uh, we maybe didn't start out the way we should have. And I, we kind of a few times hit a trail junction and we didn't know if they went the right way or not. And there was one time where I had to drop my pack and I took off running because I was yelling and they didn't, I didn't want to like just assume that they went the right way. Uh, but they would always get ahead of us. Uh, they did great. I kind of wondered how it would go with them because me and the other two guys were kind of, working out and getting ready to do this because we knew we wanted to try to do it in six days or less. Uh, so yeah, it laid out it, to be like a lot of the days were 20 to 23 miles. The last yeah. day was 16 miles. And also I, I just need to make this comment that your son's hair is incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he hears that quite often. Yeah. That, and that's it, natural. It's not a wig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. it was it was incredible. Yeah, well, believe it or not, I used to have some hair like not, not as curly as that, <laughs> but uh, it looks so yeah. thick though too. I mean, it it's like it's like from his scalp, just his scalp is like part sheep, you know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it looks like a helmet, but yeah, uh, it's incredible. <laughs> if he would, if he pulls the curls out, I mean, it's literally twelve to fourteen inches yeah. long. It like hangs down below his chin. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they liked it. I think they did feel towards the end like it was a lot of walking. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of tried to lay that out for him. Uh, my son runs cross country and he's been running every day. So I knew he'd be uh, up for it. His friend plays baseball and doesn't do as much of the running. And I thought maybe we lost Alex the first day because he – uh, it was a warmer day. I don't think he was drinking enough. He was using a bladder versus bottles and the rest of us using bottles. And I don't think he understood how much he was consuming. And towards the end of the day, his face was, he's kind of lighter complected anyway. And he was really beat red. And I thought, man, we, we may have lost him for the trip, but he, he took a nap, got cooled off and revived himself and made sure he drank enough water the rest of the time. I bet. <laughs> how how hot was it while you guys were out there? I mean, you're hiking in July, right? That day, well, it was the end of June or yeah. mid-June. Okay. Uh, that day was probably mid-80s, low-80s. Uh, it felt hot, but then it, the rest of the time it, it cooled off. It was real bearable, you know, never got hotter than probably mid-80s. Nights were cool into the upper 50s. Roger that. So I, real quick, we were talking about elevations earlier. Um I believe I saw where the high point of South Dakota is a short side trail off the Centennial Trail. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Black Elk Peak. That's the highest peak in South Dakota. 
it's the highest piece east of the Rocky Mountains in the U.S. It's uh, 7,242 feet high. Okay. Gotcha. And also another short side trip, which I believe you guys did, was um, Mount Rushmore. Right. Yeah. We, we were going to go to Black Elk, but then at the last minute we decided not to. My friend Brian hadn't been to Mount Rushmore since he was like seven or eight years old. So we, it's like an eight, ten, sort of a mile or a mile up off the trail to go to see it. So we just went up there and, and then we, we thought it might cost to get in, but it, I guess that's only if you're driving in. So we just walked right in and, oh, nice. got, you know, they had it kind of shut down for the big 4th of July celebration that they were getting ready for. Man, we didn't really want to be in there too long anyway, so. No. But it's a cool thing to go and see, and it's it's neat that it's so close to the trail. So a, a, a person could go either way. The, the, yeah. Where you go to Mount Rushmore and where you go to Black Elk Peak, or the turnoffs are really close to each other in the Black Elk Wilderness. And you, you talked about Sturgis. Um, mm-hmm. I believe the, the big bike rally is in early August, so you would have missed that, correct? Right. Yeah. That's coming up at the, it's usually the second weekend in August. It is going on this year. Is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They are having it. So wow. um, a lot of people will be out there. Uh, so if, if a person wanted to kind of have their trip around that, that could be something cool that they could take part in as well. Or avoid completely. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the smart thing to do this year. Um, man, you're is, is it going to be like socially distant Sturgis though? You know, yes. every, everybody right. have their, their masks. <laughs> or, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Maintain. I really doubt feet. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lance, your list of flora and fauna is incredible. Talk to us a little bit about the wildlife on this trail. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of bison uh, in Wind Cave and Custer State Park. We ran into some right off the trail. Uh, we didn't really have to get off trail. To, and a lot of them, when they saw us, they just kind of moved out of the way. Um, we, were, we did see one elk. We saw some different uh, mule deer and, and whitetail. We did see one antelope. Um, there's tons of birds. Uh, we did spook up a coyote as well. Hmm. We didn't see any bighorn sheep, but I was just out there last weekend with my son again and we saw a mountain goat close to the area we were hiking in so they're out there as well tons of fish you know tons of flowers lots of birds it's a pretty nice variety yeah it sounds like a really nice variety of scenery and tread and flora and fauna packed into a short distance yeah i was really surprised you know i've been out to the black hills you know many times never specifically hiking on the Centennial Trail. And I kind of had on my radar and decided I needed to get out there and kind of do something in my own backyard or my own state. And I was just really surprised as we were walking. I was always commenting like how great the trail was in condition. It was well-maintained. I was thinking there might be a lot of blowdowns in certain parts of the trail. There was hardly any trees over the trail. It was well-signed, well-marked. I've heard some concerns about people that come from north to south about the signage and getting kind of turned around at different trail junctions. But uh, it looks to me like they've been out and put more signage up. Uh, So we had no problem. I had a route on my phone, which we rarely had to check anyway. 
yeah, it's, it's a beautiful area, beautiful trail. You get to a lot of different, uh, types of scenery. Like you say, there's, there's lots of different rock formations as well. Yeah. It looked beautiful on the, the YouTube clips that you sent us. It was really nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely want to do it again, either the same direction or just go the other way. So you said that the trail is really well maintained, taken care of. I'm curious, uh, is there a specific one group that's taking care of that trail and making sure that it stays open or is it a mix of different organizations? I'm pretty sure it's a mix because of the amount of different areas that this trail goes through. It goes through national park, goes through state park, it goes through national forest, it goes through wilderness areas. Uh, it goes through some BLM land at Fort Meade, which is up by Sturgis. So I know that can be probably make it a little more difficult, I suppose, in the coordination of that type of effort. I had looked into wanting to try to do some trail maintenance at some point. And I know there's an organization called the Backcountry Horsemen's Association or something mm -hmm. similar to that, like that they go in and clean up, I think, the Black Elk Wilderness area uh, because of the different restrictions, of, I suppose, of how they can clean up the trails there versus other areas where they maybe they can use motorized saws and stuff like that. I know in there they can't. Right. You know. I'm wondering about camping options. Like if, if you're, let's say you're doing kind of a more traditional through hike, um, would, do you think camping would be difficult? Yeah. I was kind of curious about that yeah. as well. Um, I, I've spent a little bit of time over there. Uh, like, we had, when uh, Zul and I were on the, the road with Leave No Trace, we went through that area, and I was definitely like, wow, this is a gorgeous, you know, gorgeous country. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I would definitely be interested, in, and I'm kind of curious what the camp opportunities were like. Uh, if you're out of your backpack, you're talking versus, mm -hmm. so like, yeah. I know in, the, in Wind Cave National Park, you have to, have, that's the only place you have to have a permit. You have to have just have a it's a free backcountry permit, and then you can uh, camp anywhere in there. That's like the first six to seven miles of the trail. Uh, and then you'll move into Custer State Park. That's the next 22 miles. That In Custer State Park, you have to – they want you to camp in the designated camp site, uh, which there are some areas. Uh, one is French Creek Trail, or there's like some primitive backcountry camping right there or around Legion Lake, there's a campground. But a lot, I think a lot of people that do it, they probably either camp where they're not supposed to, or they start stealth camp, or they're hiking the 22 miles, maybe through the whole park to get into the Black Elk Wilderness where they can just camp yeah. wherever they want to. I see a lot of people, I think if you go south to north, they probably would maybe go the first seven miles camp on the border, like where Wind Cave abuts Custer State Park, and then the next day probably go, you know, 22, 23 miles up into Black Elk, and then that's going to then, then from there, you're a lot of times in the Black Hills National Forest where you can, I think, you know, camp wherever you want, just as long as you're far enough away from the trail and water sources and things like that. How were the water sources? They were good. They were good. We didn't ever have a problem with water. Okay. Um, there's lots of, uh, I, and I think especially in the spring or, you know, early in the year, you're going to have lots of spring runoff, lots of creeks, lots of streams. There's, it goes by like six different lakes. 
Uh, a lot of them are big lakes, so you can get water there. There is a lot of potable water too uh, when you're going by uh, some of these campgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of spots for resupply too on the trail. We didn't have to do that this time, but I was definitely looking into it if my parents weren't going to be able to come and I still wanted to do it where we could do either a mail drop or uh, get some meals at different spots along the trail. There's different restaurants. It's a very populated area, but you never feel like you're really close to roads or high traffic areas or things like that. But there is that chance to get off the trail, maybe do a mile walk to a restaurant off the trail. Uh, lots of places to get beer to drink. I know that's, you know, kind of up your guys' alley. So <laughs> <laughs> any breweries close Plans to the, the crowd? Um, I bet there Sturgis are some, there are some brewery. breweries in, in Sturgis. Yeah. 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 Le Legion Lake resort, which is like the, for, you know, 22 miles into the trail. Uh, they, they sell beer there. There's beer at, uh, Nemo Grass Ranch and Nemo. There's lots of marinas at these lakes that uh, mm -hmm. sell beer as well. So and those and are also maybe, places you can resupply. If, if you have someone following you in a camper, they could have <laughs> yeah. beer every night yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, we 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 didn't go without. Let's say that. I'm I'm ready to hike this thing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah it's a great trail. Let me know. I'll go with it you. Okay. It, it does sound like a good time. Yeah, I, like I was saying, it, it is certainly some really pretty country over there. Uh, when when we took our, our uh, tour of the Wind Cave and then, um, well, I mean, really the, the whole the whole drive through there uh, w was much prettier than I was expecting. Like a like a Badlands feel in some spots, um, and then um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I certainly enjoyed it. So real quick, you touched on briefly, um, you, you may have had some sort of navigation on your phone. Uh, and in your cliff notes, I noticed you mentioned there's Nat Geo maps for the Black Hills, both north and south maps. And then you also referenced Caltopo. Did you kind of create the route that you were going to take on Caltopo yourself? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And is that, was that adequate? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, we, we rarely needed to look at it. Um, because I, I just, the, the way it was signed and how clearly marked the trail was, we just maybe a few times we pulled it out just to check, but it seemed like there was trail markings and the trail markings were just like little white squares with the Buffalo skull. Kind of like I had these shirts, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to ask you about those. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I kind of wanted to make Very it a cool. big deal for my son and his friend just as the first time they were yeah. going. My son and I have done some hiking and things like that in the Badlands of South Dakota and, and a few other places together uh, out in the Bighorns. But uh, kind of his first big long one. That's the longest trail I've ever done myself as well. So, Congrats. That's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. It's yeah, no, thanks. Sounds like a pretty great first hike. time. Yeah. 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 That's well, great. Who, who knows? Maybe I've uh, turned him into a through hiker or I've turned him away from it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the first one or the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did comment after we were home for a week that, like, all that was was just a bunch of walking. I don't know if I really liked it. <laughs> I was like, you never said that on the trail. Yeah. You looked like you were having fun. 
At one well, point, I, they were telling us they didn't want to go home. So, I yeah. mean, I think I caught him on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, Lance, anything else about the South Dakota Centennial Trail we should know before we skedaddle? Man, not that I can think of. I would just say get out there and do it. Um, one, one funny story I got to share. My friend, Brian, my friend Brian and I, uh, his trail name's PP. I won't get into that. But um, <laughs> wait, we, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, yeah. Maybe you should get into that. Uh, Maybe you could call the Trailstrom hot, Hotline and talk yeah, to us about PP. All right, yeah. Anyway, one one night, one of the nights we were out camping, we were, we were by the high point, uh, Sam Elias Peak. And we're getting ready to go to bed, and I hear Brian like talking to somebody. Well, he's got an Apple Watch that's paired to his phone, and I guess he was shutting his watch off, but he accidentally swiped one way that called nine one one. Oh! And then I Oops. hear him talk. I hear him talking to the nine one one operator, telling her that like everything's fine. He doesn't need to send any help. About fifteen minutes later, we hear sirens. Oh coming up the highway and they stop like real close. We're, we're maybe a mile up off the highway. And, but we never, I was just waiting for four wheelers or something to come yeah. roaring up the, cause we were camped just like kind of right off this road. And uh, they never did, but the next day he did have a message from the county sheriff asking him to call them back to let us, let them know that, that, that we were okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they wow. take that really seriously. If you call 911 on accident, you cannot call it off. They will send someone. Yeah. It ha yeah. It's happened to me. It's happened to Salty. Like, yeah. and, 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 and you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And they, they, because they're always concerned about like abuse situations, apparently. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. They um, always 911 hang up. They'll, they'll, they will always send someone somebody yep. yeah well, he great. told me everything was fine but they evidently didn't get that out to the guy in the car oh no it, it doesn't matter <laughs> no, if you it, tell them it, that it they, they will still send someone even if you say everything's fine they always still send somebody yep yeah yeah if you oh. call and just say oh oops i didn't realize i was dialing i did the thing sorry about that <laughs> i didn't mean to they, they still will respond yep. to it because you could be somebody that's like under duress or whatever yes. or have hiked 20 miles that day and you're you know need some help <laughs> getting beat getting beaten by send, your fellow hikers send me, for send me good go beer <laughs> send me good cold beer uh i'll be at the trailhead soon right oh my gosh <laughs> well i'm glad that uh <laughs> it ended well for you guys hey Lance, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. This was awesome. This trail, again, it wasn't on our radar at all, but it sounds like a really good way to see uh, some of the highlights in the Black Hills and get your feet wet and get 125 miles out under your belt. I mean, yeah, sounds. And there's a gr there's a great trail. Um, I'll kind of plug this. I don't know these people, but I really relied heavily on this called Hiking the Centennial Trail. It's a guidebook. Uh, and I guess they're coming out with their second edition with more pages and more pictures and it, it breaks the trail down. There's an, it's night, there's 19 different trailheads. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. it kind of, it breaks the hike down between trailhead to trailhead. So it's a really a great resource. It's, uh, by Cheryl Wetham and Juka 
I'll just say Juka. That's a finish. That's a finish. (laughs) I can't say the last name. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Hiking Centennial. No, thanks for having me on too. It was great. Yeah. You guys' show. Oh, Lance, thank you. Let us know when that, that second edition comes out and we can put up a post on our social media and let folks know, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I I haven't really spent as much time in the Black Hills as, as I would like. And I definitely haven't done any long distance hiking there. So this, this sounds like a really good way to. Hey, you know what? We should do a, we should do a trail show hike. We, we should, man. <laughs> and 125 miles. That sounds like just the right kind of length like, where we could go out yep. there and, and, yeah. and get after it. You know, if we can all, all line up a little bit of time and, and uh-huh. yeah, it, it does sound quite lovely. Well, let me know if you make that happen. I'd, I'd love to be a part of it if I could. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Will do, Lance. And thanks again. Hey, thank you. Take care. Have a good evening. All right, everybody. We got to take a break. When we come back, we've got the rest of the show. So don't go anywhere. This is Area's owner, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, folks, the trail show is back, and we're going to head back to the hotline. All right, we got an exciting call from Zoner. What's up, you guys? It's your boy Zoner out here in the lab working on some trails. Figured I'd give you a call, (laughs) let you know what's up. Well, first up, Trinity Alps High Route. Not really my route, but great minds think alike, so as I was researching about doing a uh, big granite slab traverse two to three days through the Trinity Alps wilderness, found out there's already a route. So thinking about doing it here pretty soon and doing some section hikes, checking out the peaks. Went to Thompson Peak last weekend. Man, it was amazing. Just looking at the snow, seeing, you know, just looking at the route from afar. But going to give that a go here pretty soon. Also, uh, I know you guys like the Marble Mountain Wilderness. PCT goes through there, working on the Marble Mountain Massive. It's already routed out, ready to go. It's a 200-mile loop through the peaks and the, the lakes of Marble Mountain Wilderness. Uh, that's going to be pretty sweet. I'm hoping to do that okay. one go. No caches, nothing like that. Okay. Uh, and also, man, whenever the time is right, you know, that Cascade Volcanoes through hike. I was hoping to do that last year, but the snow kind of shut me down this year. It was uh, this whole, you know, COVID thing, which, you know, whatever. It's all, it's all, it's all just wishing everybody the best, hoping everybody's safe. And, you know, so it's it's an optimal time to check into your health, as always, when you're on these hikes, so whatever hikes you guys are up to. But at the moment, I'm working on a Warner Mountain Traverse at the Warner Mountain Range in eastern uh, California. And there's uh, just a great mountain range up there that I've been hiking. You should learn, learn about that, research that. There's a lot of uh, anomalies and weird stuff. So putting that together, that's, that's what I'm up to these days. Anyways, hope y'all's well, and yeah, keep on the trail. We out here trucking. Peace out. Man, Zoner is busy. Hey, man, that 200-mile loop sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And the Marble Mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for him. He keeps creating, you know, like, 
of course yeah. anyone can go out and, and do these loops but he he really is like dialed in on kind of the areas near to where he lives and he's created so many routes and um i don't know it's impressive it's really impressive. i agree yeah, yeah we'll agree. be we'll be having him back on the show sooner than later i feel to for a trail yeah <laughs> i yeah i'd really like to if he gets after that 200 mile loop i'd love to have him come on and talk about that yeah i i, I definitely agree pod like like ha having put together a route i can tell you it's it's difficult uh and so for him to like continue to do them um like it's it's a labor of love and he continues to to, to come up with like new ideas for stuff so i i think that's yeah. pretty awesome special talking zoner very that? cool special you topless i am topless it's that part yeah. of the show huh you guys are oh, all man. sad it's not a video podcast now i bet you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not and i'm only wearing some little shorts too oh keep it above the uh oh the midriff if you will <laughs> oh 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 lord All right, uh, Triple O, we got what time for right, one more? We got a very important update from Fidget. <gasps> All right. Ooh. Hey, Chester Nation, it's Fidget singing myself right into the trail show phone line. Um, so I went for a little walk, <laughs> and there was a whole bunch of people. So then I turned around and I walked in the opposite direction until there weren't people. And I was going to go watch a comment, but instead I walked into this really. And sadly it got cut off. What happened? It's a minute and 40 seconds long, but it cuts off at 27 seconds and just goes silent from then on. So somewhere oh. there's a great story. I challenge Trail Show Nation to finish the story for Fidget. Tell, uh, tell us what happened when she walked into, oh. was it a bar at the end? Didn't this happen to... Uh... Last month we got a call. The moon kid. From well, moon kid. kid. Like if people talk, I think there's like a three minute limit. Yeah, there's a time so, limit. Yeah. Those, so people get those cut people off. Those people are just wordy. But, but, but Fidget got cut off for no reason. Yeah, and if it recorded the whole sound file for like what did you say a minute something, but only actual audio for twenty seven seconds. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe our free Google line might might not be too awesome. I don't yeah. know. I'd be willing to bet know. that her Montana cell phone connection might not be all that great. You're right. And yeah. I should I should probably watch what I say about Google. I yeah, mean it's, they, <laughs> Montana they could have cell me disappeared pretty easily. A trillion dollar <laughs> company. I feel like the trillion dollar company mm -hmm. probably did it their job. Alpha, yeah, that's uh, true. But visit, we need to know what the rest of the story is. Call us back. Call us back. And you know what, Triple O? I think we've got time. For another call all right this is the what? last the last call here comes a big disco smile because it's bear sweats again what no way <laughs> a threefer hey now peace and love bear sweats with tina and piglet tough brought in the other room like to regale a COVID 19 story if you will <laughs> so the in-laws came into town so you know bear sweats hit the trail Spent the night out in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Beautiful. 
went off the beaten path, ended up on the Appalachian Trail. People everywhere, sons of bitch. Show, show. Show, show. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I dug four proper cat holes, and every time I did, I thought of you guys. Peace and love. All right. And after POD land, basted D-Lo's kids there. You know what? We're thinking about moving to Colorado so you can educate our children. Peace and love. Be good. Stay healthy. So there you have it. <laughs> when he digs a cat hole, he thinks of us. I'm I don't really know what to say about that. I, I, you know, I've wondered this before. Uh, after Leave No Trace and then, and then talking about uh, Leave No Trace and proper cat holes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I wonder how often people like di dig a good cat hole and it's like a, a nice proper one. And they think like, man, that, that leave no trace guy that, that came and did that workshop for us. He'd be real proud of this cat hole. Or like how often like trail show listeners are like, like, man, special, special be into this cat hole. He's special. This is a good cat. This is a good cat hole right here. No word of a lie. And then, and then I, and then I have my idea for this website that I've joked about for years of, of poo with a view.com where you literally have like a, a view of your poo and then a view of the view, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then you'd be able to ver like, then you'd be able to rate people's leave no trace cat hole. Wouldn't that be crazy? Special. I gotta but, tell you yeah. this. I, I, I actually thought of you as I was digging a cat hole a few weekends ago we were in, we'd done a hike in the Lagaritas. We were in the Wheeler Geologic area, which is pretty cool if you've ever been down. It's out sort of near Creed. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. But I remember on a previous trail show, you were talking about it's got to be six inches and it, it can't be two, it can't be three. Like, you know, is it really six inches? So as soon as you said that, every time I dig a cat hole now, I'm always thinking about you saying it's got to be six inches and like, am I going deep enough? Am I, is the hole deep enough? I'm always thinking about that. So, well, and, 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 and Disco, you know, the, you know, the caveat to that, right. Is, is desert soils. Well, sure. Right. That's different. So in desert soils. You want to go, you actually want to go a little shallower. And also yeah. Alpine soils, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Alpine soils, honestly, I, I, you know, leave no trace is is constantly evolving as far as their guidance yeah. on it. In my opinion, if you're in alpine soils, uh, you should probably have a wag bag with you, and you should probably be carrying it out. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly if it's a, in any type of an area that that sees any kind of real use, um, like any alpine area in most of Colorado. Like if you're going up a 14er or any of the Centennial Peaks, things like that. You know. I, Maybe in some alpine areas where where there's very very little travel, burial is is like not not a big deal. And I'll tell you that like this is not a practice that I that I employed on the 14ers through hike. This is something that I've arrived at post that. But like yeah, even then I would I I always tried to avoid leaving turds in the high country. Special. Let me ask you this: I was uh, one hiking trip many moons ago. I was above treeline in Talus. So there was no soil anywhere. It was just a sea of rocks. Mm -hmm. And the urge hit me <laughs> during, during one particularly stressful afternoon. <laughs> and I took a dump 
on a flattish rock shaped somewhat like a frisbee. <laughs> and then I chucked that rock with my dump on it. Like you ever go skeet shooting and you, yeah. and you know, the yeah, I, know. I, I, I think, I think I, I get, get okay. the visual you're trying to go after. That's, that's, that's what I did. Was that correct? Uh, I, I, so I mean, what you like, that th thing, you threw that it like over a cliff moved. or whatever. Uh, I, over a cliff that, that, that rock with the poo on it went to the moon. I mean, I slung that thing, man. <laughs> that, it, it was incredible. That could have been <laughs> in the decathlon, uh, the discus situation i mean so I'll, I'll put it i'll put it like this the whole point of of of, of like poop disposal in the back country is to minimize that the chances that your poop is going to come in contact with people or with or with other critters or water and so yeah or water but i mean water is just a pathway to to other critters or people that's the thing I mean, uh, you I, I, thought I, mean, I was playing ultimate. Like that's frisbee. that's that's the reason yeah. that water is so sensitive is because people and critters all go to water and need water, and that's why you <laughs> want, need to protect water. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is not make it so that your your poop winds up around In other my people, stomach. around other critters. Okay. So you know, if you're if you're on like an area in a talus field where yeah, people are going up and down this route, and you can take that and you can chuck it over that cliff. And, and you're going to greatly minimize the 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 the, in, the possibility of like yeah. that coming into contact with other people. That's probably better than just leaving it where it is. Okay. However, if you're in a place where you're not able to to bury your your poop um, in a way that the 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 soil microorganisms that are present are going to be able to help like break that down, removal is a pretty good option. And I don't think it's like a like a wag bag doesn't weigh a whole lot and if you're going to be in an alpine area hey you might have to poop just like think of think of a wag bag as just part of your alpine kit and, i mean and Spesh, then, you, you do know about skeet shooting though right i mean that thing when, when i, when I <laughs> hey but wherever it wherever it landed okay like Maybe some marmot was up there, like getting the the undigested bits of uh, of peanut M and M's out of your. Poop. Oh no! Uh, no. Was it so, was it spinning so, and like spinning stuff away from it as it flew? Yes, no. it was dispersing the poop as so it basically went, so. managed to cover an entire slope with <laughs> micro micro pieces of poop. But, micro feces. Micro feces. Yeah. Hashtag micro feces. <laughs> micro feces coverage oh god all right we need to this we, hashtag really splatter well in any case I'll, i mean like just to wrap up the leave no trace part of this like you by the way you look like you're taking minimize the content right now special you got your shirt off we can only see you like from the top of your chest up <laughs> oh lord i've seen too much all right. This is uh, yeah, segue. yeah. Maybe maybe flinging your poop is is better than leaving it where it is. But a wag bag would be better. Disco. Okay. okay. Looking at you. Duly noted. Um, it's time All for right, a salty for, snack. Yeah. For our next section, just so everybody knows, um, salty and I have a, a whole document prepared with some stuff that we're going to talk about. So, if you could hold your questions or comments to the end, because we are going to try to be what about our heckling. 
Yeah. Uh, also, I will mute you if you wait. That's an option. <laughs> we can we can make you ask everyone else to be quiet. I never knew that this is an option. It doesn't well, just, it doesn't work out of order. It doesn't work. <laughs> hey, just we because to... like Salty's got some like knowledge to drop on people, but it gets really boring if it gets drawn out. So we need to try check to Salty's up. audio first. Oh yeah. Salty, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Can you say the Pledge of Allegiance, so just so we can check your audio? Yeah. Uh, I can say at least this first part. I Pledge of Allegiance. That's all I know. <laughs> what? You already got it wrong. Yeah. What? What about the Jabberwocky? Could you just go with 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 reciting the Jabberwocky from yeah. memory real quick? That would be great. Twas really. Was brillig and the slithy toes did gamble and gimble. In guy, in all mims no. were the borough no, groves I... and the mimways outgrave. Oh my god! And has thou killed the jabberwock, my son? Oh, fraptious day, Kalukale! He chortled in his joy. Wasn't there something <laughs> about bandersnatch in there? Yes. Didn't we just have a discussion <laughs> I'm sorry. about not talking yeah, about? I mean, what the? We were already off the rails. We were just, we we're just testing her audio. No, okay. So you guys no, were we were testing our <laughs> audio, P.O.D., let's be honest. True. <laughs> one, two, one, two, and through and through, his vorpal blade went snicker-snack. No, What are you eating? I think, I think uh, P.O.D. and I might be the only one that know what's going on here. Cheetos yeah. and Wait, Doritos. Wait, is, is this the Inquisition? Yes. No, no. It's just curiosity. I'm eating... Frozen fruit. Oh, yum. He's lying. I like eating frozen blueberries. Me too. That's like the uh, best snack mm. in the summer. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Strawberries yeah. are cool. good to do. Frozen berries in general. All right. We are going to have a salty snack. A a, a uh, guest appearance by our good friend Salty, um, who's been a little MIA here. Been busy working on some projects. We're going to get into those in a second here. Uh, Salty, thanks for joining us again on the show. And um, Salty and I have been out hiking together, uh, keeping a you know a, a distance, a physical distance, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that that I've been thinking about a lot lately that I wanted to talk to her about was um, blood sugar, and and it's something that comes up a lot. I feel like, but it, we kind of just glaze over the surface. The sugars, and, uh, yeah, the sugars. And so we, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about it, and. Um, Specifically, I'm getting older and I'm noticing more, um, you know, I noticed a change in my, my hiking diet, be it day hiking or long distance hiking in the last couple of years. What I want is different. And I also changed what I was eating. And I pretty much eliminated most uh, all of the candy that I used to eat um, and it really switched to more, um, you know, proteins and fats and things like that and, and noticed that it really helps. And then I did have a couple of experiences just this year uh, when I was doing some training in the spring, some running to get ready for hiking season where I tried to like carb up the night before, but I ate junk carbs. And I really noticed the next day how it didn't quite do what I was wanting it to do. So yeah, we wanted to kind of get in into that a little bit. Is that correct, Salty? Yep, that's exactly right. And I've been, I actually had similar experiences um, in some of the, like the, the lake bagging that we've been doing where I've kind of gotten lazy with nutrition and, and tried to eat some of like the, the simple sugars and the junky carbs and just noticed my energy crashing. And so 
yeah and then we were talking about four points bars and how we both like those because they're a little bit less sweet and we don't get the hunger um the the sugar spikes and crashes um and then you were asking me about why blood sugar balance matters what actually is going on in the body so i thought we could talk about that a little bit today and then as well as some really practical information of like snacks that both of us have found that we like for more consistent energy and recovery yeah and so one of the things that you mentioned on is like what's going on in the body so like i think most people know have this you know surface knowledge of like blood sugar getting spiked and the the feeling i don't necessarily feel the high but then i feel the low so mm -hmm. uh, you know kind of give us a little bit more this than the surface level of what's going on with blood sugar and that energy that we have yeah so i think i mean we're i think we're all pretty familiar with what you're talking about that feeling of like hitting the wall or bonking or like you're trying to climb up you know a big hill and you just have nothing left in you and there can be a few factors going on there but often it is related to low blood sugar um, which is due to these spikes and crashes um so when what's going on in the body is that when we when any type of sugar or carbohydrate is consumed it goes into the bloodstream and that causes the pancreas to release insulin to shuttle glucose into the cells so that it can be used and then that's what causes the blood sugar to drop again so when we when the body has more sugar than it's used to like when we're binging on like the candy and like the um, really simple carbs like that especially in the form of those simple sugars without fat or protein or fiber to slow down the absorption we get those blood sugar spikes and then the body responds by rapidly producing insulin to an attempt to keep the levels consistent and that causes blood glucose to decrease quickly that's what results in the sudden drop in energy levels which is known as hypoglycemia and that's that sugar crash feeling and then when blood sugar is chronically elevated um, that's when insulin becomes progressively less effective in bringing down blood sugar levels and that's when we get what's known as insulin resistance or prediabetes. So that's kind of like the long-term ramifications of constantly eating the candy and all of that. And, and, and for me personally, I, I've noticed a difference in, in how, you know, what happens. Um, but I'm curious about like, I have some friends who've been <laughs> on the candy diet forever it doesn't seem like it's catching up with them yet, Walk 30. but it's, but it sounds like <laughs> what you're saying is like, eventually there, something is going to happen and maybe we don't notice it for a long time. So mm -hmm. aside from the prediabetes, like what, what are the other risks or how else might it, you know, affect uh, my hiking or kind of the larger context of, of my health? Yeah, I'll take it two ways. Like in the short term, like why it matters for your actual like on trail for the hike that you're on is because balancing your blood sugar is gonna, like we've talked about, give you more consistent energy. So you're not always um, like crashing or hitting the wall. Um, you have less cravings. So you're not constantly distracted by food thoughts and then clearer thinking. So you will have hopefully fewer navigational mistakes and you can just kind of be more present, present to your surroundings. Um, and then in kind of like a, the broader context of your health and your life, um, paying attention to the blood sugar is helpful because you'll have less inflammation. So you'll have less aches and pains. Um, and then, I mean, unfortunately, the reality is that like more than half of Americans are pre-diabetic and rates of diabetes are on the rise U.S. and globally. And that's even in like, quote unquote, healthy people. Um, so it is actually like something serious to be thinking about. Um, and chronically high blood sugar leads to chronic disease, uh, neural degradation, cardiovascular issues, um, and other, yeah, I mean, other just like chronic long-term issues that can have a huge impact on your life. 
And I think Twinkle like had like straight Malto on the PCT oh or something. Yeah. And then at, just as a side note, I think he had like five cavities at the end of the PCT. Anyway, I remember that. <laughs> he, he wears he wears dentures now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so when I you know like I I think having this information is is so helpful on a deeper level to think about what's happening, not just like well, I don't want to spike my blood sugar, but like why yeah. is that important. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. you know, when we're thinking about this, like, what's the best way for us to, like, simplify how to apply the information? That's a good question. Um, so I think of it, like, as two main things, like how often you eat and then what you're actually eating. So in terms of how often, if you're hiking all day, um, most people are going to get hungry usually every, like, one and a half to two hours. And I would say eat, you know, that's a good time to eat. It's, like, every one and a half to two hours to keep your blood sugar consistent. And usually your body can process about 150 calories per hour. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, so that's something to keep in mind when you're planning snacks. And then in terms of what you're eating, um, I like to, to use, like, the analogy of thinking about um, a fire and what you would feel, like, how you would build a fire and you'd have kindling and logs as your fuel and so carbs are like the kindling and they're good for more explosive movements like if you need a burst of energy for a big climb and then protein and fat are more like your logs and they're the slower burning fuel and they're necessary for steady energy and then to prevent muscle breakdown as well as aid in muscle repair and you need all of them so i think in terms of what you eat i like to think of a template of every meal and snack including fat protein and fiber if you're gonna have a carb-based snack, for example, choosing carbohydrates that are higher in fibers, like fruit, veggies, whole grains, and legumes, are gonna give you better energy and more lasting energy than low fiber carbs like muffins, pastries, and cookies that are gonna cause that blood sugar spike and crash. And then pairing your snack that has the complex carb with fat and protein will also slow down digestion and give you the, give you the steady energy. Um, but you wanna be careful not to do it over, overdo it on the fats because that can, cause some like gastrointestinal distress basically. So um, I'm, I'm a little curious about this. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things that I really crave a lot when I'm, when I'm on the trail is actually the fats. And I feel like that's kind of one of the things that I have a hard time like getting. I'm not exactly sure what my question is, but I understand the idea of, of needing to sort of round it all out. But w when you find yourself like, commonly craving these things that are that are like fat rich i mean like what do you mm -hmm. do you think it's like oh maybe you just need to up a little bit more of the the fat proportion uh of of, of your snacks or whatever yeah when you say you have a hard time getting them do you mean um like finding good sources of them or like you're just craving more fat all the time and you feel like that's maybe not the right thing yeah more like a more like what I want to do is just eat fat. Like I want to just it. like, I, yeah, give me some so, butter and I'll just <laughs> snack on it, you know? Right. Fried yeah. butter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say like one, I mean, I have to ask you probably about what else you're eating in the day, but one thing I would say is really common. is like um, when you don't have enough protein in your diet, you tend to crave more of the like, either carbs or fat. Um, and there's not necessarily anything, if you're eating healthy sources of fat, there's not really anything wrong with that. Because I, I actually personally find that I feel better on fat as well. Like I like to eat a lot of nut butters and seeds and stuff like that. Like if it's healthy sources of fat, that's okay. It's actually a real, really good, like energy dense source. But um, I was I was just saying to be careful about like if you have something strenuous because 
fat takes longer to digest. So your blood goes into your digestive system if you've consumed a lot of fat, like, because it, it needs to like, it takes longer to break down basically. So you may end up, it's not, it's then going to be like shunted away from your muscles. So if you eat like a fat rich snack and then you try and go like crush a 14 or something, you might be struggling a little bit because the blood is going then to your digestive system instead of to your muscles. Whereas if you eat something that's a little more rich in complex carbs, but it still does have that fat and protein in there, but maybe not as in great of a ratio, then you'll have the carbohydrate, which is better for like that sort of explosive climbing type energy. Does that make sense or help at all? That that does. Yeah. I, and I'm just kind of thinking like, you know, in a non-hiking context as well, like mm. there's that... Mm-hmm you know, after lunch, a couple hours after lunch, sometimes you get that, that little bit of like nodding off, like low energy kind oh, yeah. of sensation. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder if that's, that's kind of related. To, it, could uh, also, it could also be that you ate <laughs> too much at lunch. So maybe yeah. if you break up your lunch into like, that, that's the other thing with, I think, snacking on trail is that like, like Salty yeah. said, um, you know, like instead of eating the eight ounces of cheese before the big climb, maybe have two ounces and then halfway up the climb, take a couple bites off that block. And then when you get yeah. to the summit, have a little bit more, you know? Um, yeah. and, and, and I also found, I'll echo what Salty said, that was one of the big changes for me was packing out nuts and specifically like almonds and cashews and, um, and also sunflower seeds and things like that. Um, which, which are great because they have the fat and the protein. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, um, I found that like topping off my snack with just a small handful of nuts at every break, man, that keeps me powered so great throughout the day. What about mm-hmm. like in, in lieu of nuts, like what about a fried chicken and shrimp dinner before you do <laughs> out of side Valley? Is that, yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because, you know, I was thinking the same thing. I knew you so, liked it. Yes. Yeah, since we're talking about food, uh, like what, what, you know, what, what does your day look like, or, or what are some favorite snacks for you and um, yeah. throughout different parts of the day? So mostly, I just try not to like overcomplicate it. I think a lot of times when it comes to nutrition, like we want to make it complicated somehow, so we don't have to like approach it. But really, it's like it can be pretty simple. So. Like in the morning, I usually don't have much of an appetite. So I'll just have coffee and I'll mix in some collagen, which is like a type of protein powder because it's good for joints. And again, the protein is good for muscle repair and it keeps me satisfied. Um, and then I'll mix in sometimes this cordyceps mushroom, which is uh, like a functional mushroom that's good for an endurance. And then in, in addition to that, I might just have like a scoop of almond butter out of the jar. Or if I'm feeling hungry, I might have it on top of like a piece of toast Um, another option would be like overnight oats with nuts, seeds, or coconut. And again, each of these is like the protein, the fat. And then if I'm extra hungry, I'll have a little bit of the carbs in the morning, but I try not to do much because it puts me, if, if I do too much carbs in the morning, I, it'll put me on that like blood sugar roller coaster that I'm trying to be on. So I would just sit, like make a note of breakfast, you know, whether you eat right when you get up or you don't, whatever you do eat first thing in the day. I would encourage people to focus on the protein and the fat because if you are just having those simple carbs, like I know a lot of people on trail will be like, I'm going to have a pastry or I'm going to have Pop-Tarts. And if that works for you, like go for it. But in general, I find that people will be crashing like an hour or two later. And then from there on throughout the day, they're kind of on that blood sugar roller coaster where like you spike, you crash, you crave more carbs and you just like repeat that cycle. And like, that's just kind of like exhausting to me. Buck 30. (laughs) <laughs> and then in terms of like other snacks throughout the day, like again, I don't really eat meals, but I'll have 
different bars. So I'll find ones that have at least like five to 10 grams of proteins, maybe like half of one of those four points tactical bars or um, primal kitchen collagen bars or RX bars, or if, like I prefer real food. So I know like we both like to have carrots or veggies um, when we're at the summits or yeah. trail mix is good. And from people who eat meat, like um, there's meat and veggie bars or like jerkies. Those are great options too. I love those um, epic bars. Oh my gosh, they're so good. There's another yeah. one that's um, Wild Zora. Oh, super good. Wild Zora. I don't think I've seen yeah. those. I'll have to look for they're those. They're pretty good. They have veggies, veggies and fruit mixed into them too. So, mm. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, but basically it's kind of the idea is like protein and fat keep me satiated for steady hiking. And then if I need the quick energy for a climb, I'll have something that's a little higher in complex carbs um, and that has a little bit of fat in it, like almond butter and a little granola or uh, dried fruit and granola or peanut butter or something like that, or sweet potato chips with a little almond butter. Ooh, like I that. love sweet potato chips. So good. So oh. Good. Uh, what if I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to the bakery and I'm going to get myself a chocolate biscotti because I've been wanting one uh -huh. and I'm going to have it because I want it and I'm making this choice. Like if I yeah. pair that with, let's say That's I pair good. that with, um, with <laughs> almond butter that kind of, I, I'm guessing that, or at least I'm telling myself that that kind of helps neutralize. And I will say that the, the biscotti from my local bakery doesn't have as much sugar as like store-bought crap, but I'm thinking maybe it helps neutralize that sugar spike because I'm putting some fat and protein in there with my sweet snack. Is that, yeah. is that just yeah. telling myself lies? Yes. <laughs> Um, not completely. Like it will definitely like slow down the impact, like slow down how the blood, sh the, the sugar hits your bloodstream. So it's helpful yeah. in that context. But, um, whenever you have insulin in your bloodstream, which is what happens whenever you have a carbohydrate, it means that you are going to store anything that can't be burned off immediately. So any, any of the like calories or anything that you're consuming, like if you can't, if your body doesn't need it, like if you're not active immediately, whatever right. is not going to be able to be used is just going to get stored in fat cells basically. So just something to keep in mind that it kind of can be a dangerous combo when you do like the high carb and something that's right. high fat, if you're not going to be burning it off right away. Um, but it does, I mean, you're, you're right in the, the sense that it does slow down the impact of like, if you were to just like mainline sugar malto like yeah right <laughs> exactly. so you you shared with us a lot of really great knowledge and some of it was a little bit um you know technical and a little more way way more th deeper than the surface um if if somebody wants to find some more information about what we talked about what you talked about um and resources that you have available i'm assuming katiegerber.com yeah yep katiegerber.com and then i actually made a page um a for the trail show nation just oh, about yeah. this information yeah about this information specifically so it's katiegerber.com uh forward slash trail dash show um and on there i put like a five-day lightweight meal plan that i took directly nice. off of my cbt spreadsheet um i wrote have a blog post about how i ate for when i did rim to rim to ram in a day so like like what time i ate different things and why i ate it um so yeah it has all those resources just helpful blog posts and stuff like that on there say that website um, again salty yeah katiegerber.com slash trail dash show okay yeah it's like it's like d dash low trail dash show <laughs> trail dash low 
What? And are yeah, and are you are you doing coaching right now and classes? Yeah, I am. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm I'm doing one-on-one um, -on -one private coaching right now, and I have um, some spots. Spots are filling up, but I've had a couple that are open right now, um, and that's where I work with clients to customize nutrition needs based on like that person's specific goals and unique body type, because we all process food a little bit differently, and we have different goals. So, um, really, it's all about like making. Um, a healthy lifestyle, simple and sustainable for people and getting customized support with that. So it's good for anyone who wants to get out on more adventures and just feel better in life. Um, if, you know, if there's more that you want to do and you're feeling held back by your health, um, definitely reach out about that. And then, yeah, I'm working on a new course, um, a backpacking skills course with a niche right now. Um, so that'll be out later this year. And it's going to be not focus on health as much as more like backpacking skills, like trip planning and navigation, um, women's specific information, uh, wilderness safety and things like that. So if you go to my website and you get on my email list, you'll hear about when that comes out um, at some point in the next coming months. I don't know yet, but we're working on it. Cool. That's, yeah. Sounds all awesome. Thanks for asking. Yeah. And if any of, if what I talked about raised any questions for people, um, they can, they can call trail show hotline and ask. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. like that. Come back on and answer them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, um, thanks, uh, for, you know, going, going, uh, deep with us today about this topic. It's something that yeah. Salty and I have been talking a lot about when we've been hiking and stuff. So I thought it was a good time to kind of talk about it on the show and, uh, Salty's our resident expert, so um, we appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge with us, and thanks for setting up our own uh, page on your uh, your website. Of course, yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. It's it's good to see your faces again. I know I don't have my video on, but I get to see your faces. <laughs> it's because she's nude. Yeah, I'm most comfortable that way. I thought I could like be completely honest and authentic with you guys. So. It hasn't stopped special from having his video on. Yeah, I know. That's true. I'm not fully nude. I'm just partially nude. He's got nipple tassels on. <laughs> nipple tassels. Uh, yeah. Man. Cool. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> wow, that was way too much video, Spesh. What, what just happened there? I can't cool. see that, man. Salty, thanks again. And um, I guess I'll probably awesome. see you sh soon because we'll probably be hiking again shortly. That's right. Can't wait. Yeah. Thank you guys. Good to see you. Good to talk. Awesome. Thanks, Salty. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. All right. There she goes, right. ladies and gentlemen. Salty snacks out the door. We learned about the sugars. You know, I, I yeah, it's, it's always, I think, a funny thing trying to balance your cravings out there versus like what is good nutrition versus like your habit of, oh, yeah, I always just like grab this when I'm at the store for hiking. Mm -hmm. So having, well, having a little bit more of like a, no, you want to balance it in this kind yeah. of a way. Is, and is a I nice had a complete, I've completely changed what I eat when I'm hiking. Not completely, but, but by a lot from when I did the CDT to now. And, and I will say it has made a huge difference in the stamina that I have, how long I can go between snacks and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, she mentioned like, Hey, if, if pop tarts work for you, then, then go for it. But, but I would also submit that like, if you think Pop-Tarts work for you, go to her website, look at her five-day plan, build it out if you feel like it's not enough calories for you, but with all the same stuff she's using. So maybe just more of the same stuff and try that and, and see if, if, you, if you actually feel a difference, you know? 
Beauty. Um, if Pop Tart, if Pop Tarts work for you, great. But in the rea <laughs> the reality is, they probably just barely work for you, and yeah, probably not saying. even that. And so yeah, it's probably a good idea to to maybe try something a little bit better. Yeah, or try because something I, else. We get used to whatever level we we operate at, you know. So I'm I'm just mm -hmm. thinking that like, if Pop Tarts work for you, you probably think they work for you. But actually, if you tried something different, you might be like, wow, I feel so much better. Right, we got to go to the mailbag. I'm sorry okay. to, to interrupt this food discussion, but we're going to be yep. here until midnight. We got to go straight to the mailbag. <laughs> Plus, it's, it. starting to, it's starting to make me hungry. Yeah. Straight to the mailbag. Dear Trails Show, people with dogs should stay in dog parks. Please keep them off the trails. Please enforce this. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> fly. What's the trail name? Dear fly. Wow. <laughs> There's someone with an opinion right there. How are we going to yeah. enforce it? I, I've had some experiences of late. This thing that happens oh, to man. us where people, their dog runs up to us and they're like, they're friendly. And it's like, they always say that. You know what? I don't care. Your dog shouldn't be running up to people. Like, that's not okay. I mean, I. Tell them I what happened have, in the Lagaritas. We were walking and there were two trails paralleling each other i don't know why and then there was a group of people in cotton and blue jeans that had a couple of dogs that were kind of sort of being aggressive demonstrating some aggressive behavior and the one dog was like coming straight at me and they were like you know whatever the dog's name was you know schnauzer schnauzer whatever and he wasn't coming back to them and they're screaming at him and then someone comes up after him and he he got real close to me and was like doing that like uh, like I'm taller than you thing that dogs do sometimes and, and like, he's friendly he's friendly I'm like he doesn't look friendly he's not doing friendly dog stuff you know and they finally came up and grabbed his collar and I was like that's the homeboy to get six feet away from me yep and I was like you need to have your dog on a leash and while we're having this interaction there was a couple also coming towards us that had stopped and gotten off the trail and, and I was like, oh, look, these people got off the trail. And as we went towards them, they just watched us have this interaction. Their dog comes running out towards us. And they're like, oh, Fluffy, come back. And they're like, she's friendly, she's friendly. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I agree with this person. I think everyone thinks their dog is friendly. Yeah. And, but the thing is that you don't know what other people are experiencing. Maybe I was attacked by dogs at some point in my life, you know, like. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree. I, I, th I think you know what you'll you want to have a dog, great, uh, but it, that doesn't mean that the rest of us want to have your dog. And I like dogs. I do too. I, I love dogs. And and I actually personally don't even really mind that much when they when they come up to me, but I definitely know that that's not always been the case even for me. And that there's plenty of people I know people who who do have like discomfort and fear of dogs. And when they go hiking and they encounter all the time, these people with their dogs off leash and, oh, he's friendly as it's like jumping up and punching you in the groin. Sorry, that's not friendly. It's not friendly that your, that your dog does that. And just because you think it's cute and you think it's okay, you know, doesn't mean that it is. Yeah. And and I think it's the, the reality is most people who have dogs are, think that their dog is like a good dog. And the reality is they're not. They're no. just not. Most of, them are, most, most of them are very poorly trained. Almost none of them will actually follow recall command. 
the simple come command doesn't work for most dogs that you encounter out on the trail. It just doesn't. It doesn't. So I'm sorry, but I definitely fully agree with this person. Like, and yep. even in the places where your dog is allowed to be off leash, your dog should still be, you, you are still responsible for being able to control your dog. And if, if it cannot respond to the recall command, to a stop, to a sit, to a come command, when there's all these other stimuluses going on, if it's if it's gonna run up and punch people in the groin, you know, or 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 run around people, or sniff at their legs, or snip at them, or anything else where it's coming at another person, then your dog is not well trained, and you are not. I repeat, you are not actually a good animal handler. How dare you, Spence? You just you just happen to have a dog that likes you and you like it, but nobody else should be subjected you? to your dog. I kind of agree. Leave your dog at home if you want to go out on the trails. And if you really want to take your dog with you, you better make sure that your dog can actually respond to the recall command. It better know stop. It better know sit. It better know come. It better know stay. And it better respond to those even when there's a squirrel, even when it's excited, even when there's another dog that's on a leash or off a leash or there's this, that, or the other thing happening. And the reality is, I'm sorry, 99% of you out there, that's not your dog. Spesh, I want you to know that my dog has a right to be on the trail and I have a right not to wear a mask. So take that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 again, I like dogs and I don't mind them. And if a dog comes at me aggressively, I'll put it on its side and I'll bite it back. And if a dog comes at me, like I, if it comes down to it, I will fight a dog and I'm not afraid to do that. The man or beast that I run from ain't been born and his mama's already dead. Right. <laughs> Most people will not fight a dog and they're relying on their stupid owner, you know, to actually control their dog. And the reality is most you owners are not good owners. Your dog is not well-trained. It does not follow simple commands. It doesn't. I've seen it time and again. 99% of the time that I encounter a dog out there, and I'm including people who I consider friends. Megan Tack, and I'm looking at you, girl. I'm going to look to this podcast. <laughs> Call her out. Call her you know? name. Name and names. So, I mean, like, yeah, Woo! people's y'all, – y'all aren't good dog owners. You think you are, and your dog – is nice to you because you're all right with it jumping on you but most people aren't okay with your dog jumping yeah. on them even that's if they like hell, dogs it's a hell of a mailbag i, I only have one thing to whoosh. say whoosh. I'll, I'll, wait I'll read, read them to wait filth. i want to add something to this also dog owners who who collect the poop with their dog and then leave it as a little present for everyone on the side of the trail oh there's God. a special place in oh. hell for you <laughs> <laughs> Their it's hell, so frustrating. Their hell is actually, they're going to be tied up inside a giant bag of dog poop for eternity. Yes, I, I think that would be very kind. Hashtag macro feast. <laughs> and then every now and then, a giant disc-shaped rock filled with human poop is going to come flying at them. <laughs> shooting, people. Skeet shooting. Feast shooting. When, when you say pull and that skeet, comes flying that's what happened out there on the trail all right what else we got but 
well, what do you think? How do you even do you guys? Do you think you should confront dog? Like in the wilderness areas, oh, it's, there's yes, a yes, leash law, right? You, you should, should have like. Yep, you should. So if, what do you do on the trail? You say, hey, you need to keep your dog on a leash. Excuse me, your dog's them. supposed to be on a leash, and I don't really appreciate it jumping on me. Yeah, that's that's my take. Is like, just saying like, th this is an uncomfortable experience for me. Your dog's making me uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with your dog off a leash. And also, anytime I see somebody with their dog on a leash, I specifically say, thank, thank you. you for having yeah. your dog on a leash. Yeah, I usually, it's a my, real teacher, teacher skill there. And you have That's to use your finger just like that, like I did. <laughs> so <laughs> my tag, triple O, is Print forward. when I come upon, usually it happens when I'm out trail running, when I come on a, upon people with unleashed dogs i usually immediately i'll stop like you know this is pre-covid but i would stop like 10 to 15 feet away and say is the unleashed dog gonna bite me or is the unleashed dog unfriendly so i immediately like kind of ask you know i point out the fact that the dog is unleashed but i also put the onus on them to essentially answer the question what are they going to do about their unleashed dog who is yeah. the terrible owner of this unleashed dog? <laughs> that that's another way to phrase it. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you can definitely like let people know that they're like, hey, you know, this is actually a your your dog's supposed to be on a leash here, um, you know, or if uh, if the dog comes up to you and is like, jumps on you or 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 invades your space, you know, I think it's perfectly okay to tell people like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's that's actually not okay to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what were you gonna say, Disco? Quick trail tip: Both times I've been bit by unleashed dogs in Salida in the last two years, they they both bit uh, the back of my leg. And my new technique is to not let an unleashed dog get behind me. So I did this in the Lagaritas with, and, and you're kind of taking a risk, especially as a dude, a mite getting bit in the crotch. But especially with herding dogs, border collies in particular, to call out breeds they want to get behind you and they want to nip at the back of your legs or your heels so i just yeah. i don't let unleashed mm -hmm. dogs get behind me i like when they try to circle around me i continue to face them and i that's my technique and tactic and while i'm doing that and the owner's like trying to say oh he's a friendly dog oh he's a friendly dog i'm not like making nice with the owner at all i'm like looking the dog you know, I'm looking down at the dog. I'm staying in front of the dog. I'm not letting it get behind me. And then I may or may not have a few words for the owner at the end. So anyway, you know, All right. do Let's... whatever you think is is prudent at the moment. And don't, don't get shot or anything. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think it's perfectly, perfectly fine to point out bad behavior. Uh, it, there, there's better ways and worse ways to do it. Um, yeah. you know, if, if you're in the heat of the moment or whatever, um, it, if nothing else, I think it's perfectly fine to say, no, it's not okay. And they're not acting friendly to me right now. Yeah. You know, um, and right, let's go on. So well, go on. let's take water. our last break. Oh, no, Wait, no, no. We got another, we got we got another more mailbag. Mail mail oh, okay. Please. All right. Dear trail show. Did any of you listen in on the Auto West webinar with Lee Chardonnay Walker and Will Acuna Robinson on Through Hiking While Black? It was a fantastic interview and helped a white guy like me get a better understanding of the different challenges other hikers face that I never thought about. Through hiking is hard enough without the bull uh, 
bleep that. <laughs> Those two are true badasses. Made me want to do better making trails, more welcoming too. If you haven't seen it, check it out. They're going to have the video on their webpage. Thanks, Rolling Orange. Excellent. We'll post a link to the video once it's up. I did not yeah. see it, but registration was full. Yeah. Uh, several days before it, they, they actually went live. Yeah. Did so we'll set, you guys see it? I did not. I, I did. I was in the field working, so I did not get a chance to actually watch it live. Um, I will be watching it. Uh, yeah. The, re the recording. It, it apparently went really well uh, and, uh, and sounded like it, it's, it's going to be worthwhile for, for plenty of people. Uh, I yeah. think even if you're somebody who's like, feels like maybe you're, you know what's going on and you're like attuned to, to this as an issue anyway, um, I think it'll probably still have a lot of, a lot of good nuggets and uh, insights for you. So yeah, I'm looking forward I, to watching I, it myself. I, I watched it and I thought it was excellent. I mean, they're both very, very interesting people and they, they're, they're good talkers and it was a real honest and heartfelt conversation. Um, I think it's something really every, every through hiker should watch. Cool. And, and I'm really grateful that all the West has put that together. Awesome. Excellent. And friend of the trail show, Zool. Yeah, was the moderator. moderator. Oh, so, cool. Even better. Yep. Yep. We'll post a link once the video's live. We have to take our last break. When we come back, we've got Ask a Hiker, got another media mention, and a little more audio from a trail show listener. So stay mm -hmm. tuned. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. The Trail Show is back. Hey, we got another media mention real quick. I got an email from friend of the Trail Show, Scout's Honor. Way back in March, um, he said, Hey, Disco, got wind of an app today called Walk the Distance that tracks your walking or running each day so you can see how far you made it around a city, national park, or along the Appalachian Trail. Pretty cool idea now that we are all locked up. Well, this was in late March, so I, I just followed up with Scouts Honor a couple of days ago, and I just said, hey, where are you at with that app? And he said, uh, great to hear from you. I just crossed I-64 in Virginia and am entering Shenandoah National Park. Looks like I've gone close to 800 miles on the AT. Now, this is all virtual, right? So he's done 800 miles of a hike. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And so what I'll tell you about this app uh, walk the distance. It's only available on iPhones or iPad. So it's an Apple based app only at the moment. But if you're into like, you know, track and mileage, um, you can kind of import that mileage into the app and actually see what the equivalent distance would be on the Appalachian Trail or in a national park or, or whatever you're interested in. It's, it's kind of a cool idea in these times. It is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have an iPhone. So I don't personally use the app, but I know most people do have iPhones. So check it out. It's free. 
yeah, walk the distance. Thank you, Scouts Honor. All right, let's get into Ask a Hiker. Since All right. Mike DiLorenzo isn't here this evening, who will be playing the part of Mike DiLorenzo? Um, I will, except I, I'm not, I don't have an annoyingly long question. It's quite concise. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Wow. Also, I didn't make up a question that also um, insults any of our co-hosts. So that's also not very deal of me. Anyway. You just used the intro to insult the co-host. That's right. Just, <laughs> not the co-host. Just, just <laughs> deal of. <laughs> okay. Here in Scotland, it is customary to have a wee tipple when you reach the top of a Munro. Normally a dram of single malt. What are the favorite drams of the Trail Show crew when they reach the top of a mountain? Thank you for your amazing work. Pete Prof Barlow. Barlow. Well, I mean, I uh, on the 14ers through hike, Luke and I definitely uh, took a, a little swig of whiskey at the top of pretty much all of the 14ers. You know, we were pretty budget-minded, so we didn't really have a, a nice single malt. Uh, we were typically drinking like Jim Beam. Um, but I do like a good single malt. Uh, certainly an appreciator of, of, of fine whiskeys and uh, to have an, a nice whiskey is definitely nice at the top of the mountain. I like to have Crystal Light purple drink with caffeine. Oh. I had some today. It was delicious. Oh. <laughs> it's so disappointing on so many levels. <laughs> What was salty? Yeah, Andy, who's yeah, exactly. Who has changed her entire nutritional system yeah. for hiking? Is still drinking purple drink, Crystal Light. It's so good. It's so purpley. <laughs> you crystal crystal purple? Light. I don't think I've ever had a Crystal Light product that didn't taste. Uh, there's like this weird flavor to it that almost mm. reminds me of Play-Doh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The I can philosopher. See that. <clears throat> no, the <laughs> oh. child's like weird germ filled toy that is you know, play-doh yeah play-doh not plato pod's been eating uh, blueberries by the way yeah yeah my blueberries that i was supposed Your to blueberries? have breakfast he mm. only has like four pounds of frozen are you all still rationing things starve out there? To death like, now. Got the next month of food planned out that one is <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least the toilet paper rationing's over <laughs> things were looking dire yeah no it was never dire there was always enough toilet paper if only we each uh, use the, the appropriate ply, amount the one ply is where <laughs> which is which is zero out. if you have a bidet yeah i did get some one ply on accident that was a mistake it almost yeah. broke up the marriage <laughs> he was so upset about it I mean, oh, if I had a nickel for how many times my finger went through that. <laughs> Just kidding. That, that is not true, actually. You, you'd have been able to afford a really nice bidet. <laughs> oh, boy. We're off the rails. We're... Yep. We're supposed to be talking about what we drink at the Grams. Okay. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, single malt whiskey. Water. Is definitely a good option. <laughs> what? Do you do raw water? Well, that too. No, I don't do raw. I've never drank raw water. I'll tell you one thing I do like to have in the car for the drive home is some iced coffee. Ooh. Yeah. That's nice. Good for you. 
Yeah, I know. So I've got and two I'm, takes on this. I got and then I make more coffee when I get home. <laughs> if I'm if I'm bagging peaks, I um I like to have a beer in a cooler at the car when I'm actually done completely with the hike. It is nice, yeah. Yep. And if I'm now we did a hike a couple, I don't know, three, four weeks ago in the Sangres, actually with Salty and um the leprechaun and I carried in a beer cause I knew we were going to be camping that night. And the way I do that is it, if it's an overnight trip, the higher elevation that we're going to be camped at the lower ABV beer I take in. So I knew we were going to be camping above 11,000 feet. And I think I took, um, I'm not even going to name it, but I'll just say it was like a 4% ABV beer because you, when you're drinking beer at that elevation, it's like two for one. Like whatever, whatever beer you're going to have, the effects are going to be double because of the elevation. So, you know, I go low ABV I, up high and I go high ABV down low. I do have a little trail tip, though, for if you do like to enjoy a, a cold beer on the summit. Is uh, if you've got one of those water bladders that kind of has the zipper closure that you can open up all yeah. the way, just put your beer in there, put a bunch of ice in there, Ooh. you know, get it as filled with with ice as you can, then uh, put in water and close it up. So you, your your beer is sitting in a nice like ice bath mm. the whole time. Mm. That, and then when you get to the top of the the hike, uh, you know, or the end of wherever the destination you can go ahead and, and open that up and have a nice ice cold beer and, and you can also then have ice water yeah yeah i mean you're drinking nice cold water the whole time too but it's so then after it, your, yeah, after your that beer, sucker you can, on ice after your beer you can make an ice cold purple drink with caffeine no 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 no, no. please <laughs> you, you put cody uh, i mean you could you could you could you could do all sorts of things <laughs> Mm. but should you it's a good idea are you gonna hear me recommending it on the trail show no no so wait a minute you were telling salty one line of bs but no, you're telling trail show nation a completely different one no. you didn't mention yeah, the no. salty's on salty. the line it's all it's salty all back the, on the call um, two things um, salty has nuts. seen you drink the purple drink and Salty doesn't care what I drink, just like she doesn't care what you eat. She doesn't like things to be Salty approved. She thinks everyone should make their own decisions. Well, that's no fun. So there. Yeah, if you're not able to judge someone, then what's the point? Well, it's not that she's not judging me. She just doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Keeps her judgments to herself. That's right. Any more Ask a Hiker questions? That's it. Just the one about what kind of purple drink you like. Excellent. Well, you. I think it's time for a gear review. <laughs> so let's rock out. All right, folks. We have a listener submitted gear review this evening. I was going to review a Gossamer Gear's tent stake, but we're going to hold that until next month. And our very own Death March Bob Trombley, aka DMT, aka the God Molecule sent me an email with some photos and and I, i'm hoping triple o can speak on this after i read the email because he had a, a similar thing he did um in europe i believe anyway dmt the god molecule 
says um, that's Death March Bob Trombley in case you didn't catch that said he found another use for a tent stake in a desperate moment he says I thought by whacking <laughs> I thought by whacking it with a mallet it would push the cork in to the wine bottle but instead it made a narrow hole I had to, <laughs> I had to violently shake the wine into a cup like a giant bottle of Tabasco sauce <laughs> Very entertaining. The pics are from the Davidson River in Brevard, North Carolina. I'm sure Disco knows the place. Five stars to the orange tent steak included with Kelty Noah's Tarp 16. So he sent us a photo of what looks like some white wine. And he's got a very, it's kind of a copperish uh, color. It's a big tent steak shoved right into the cork of this wine bottle. And then the after photo shows said beverage in a cup. So he was successful. Triple O, can you speak to what the heck is going on here with this tent steak? Yeah. Um, so having some experience with opening a wine bottle with a tent steak, and he was very close to the technique that I found that worked well, which is you use a small steak to create a hole. And then you use a thicker steak to push the cork down into the bottle. But you need to create the hole first so that the uh -huh. air in the bottle can escape. Uh -huh. Otherwise, you're, you're working against an increasing uh -huh. pressure as it, as it goes down. Um, okay. So, so you need two tent steaks to do this. You kinda, yeah, you need two different kinds. One, like a small, thin shepherd's hook, and then the other, like a fatter. Hmm. Like one of those circular ones or something that can really give you a wide push down on the top. Well, is it, I think he might've actually got pulled the cork out with the tent, the bigger tent stake somehow. It sounded like he never got the cork out. He just put a hole into it and then. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. It was like. And then shook it like a Tabasco bottle is what he's saying. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, but once you have the hole, it should be much easier to press in, into the bottle. Okay. And then Another, you got to drink the whole bottle. You got no clue. Sealing it up, yeah. Huh. All right, DMT. Thank you for that submission this month. We appreciate it. All right, folks. This is the part of the show where we end the show. Unless right. there's anything Wait, that, else that needs to be said. Uh, anything? Did we do trips? We I actually don't do had, trips anymore. I yeah, had we, something to talk about. We. <laughs> We, we special, all had special long looks trip. like special looks like someone's on a trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I feel Man. like I'm on a trip. Let Floating me tell you. through space with a frog with his shirt off. He looks right. like Jim Morrison during the uh, the Miami concert. Like I, I don't know what what's going on over there. But I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think I'm better looking than Jim Morrison. Although you don't have on leather black leather pants, so yeah, and I'm not nearly as conceited. No, no. <laughs> All right. Thanks to everybody for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Lance Smith for talking to us about his hike of the South Dakota Centennial Trail, also known as the SDCT. Thanks goes to Salty for joining us uh, this evening for our Salty Snack. Thanks goes to tonight's trail show sponsor, Rapid Pure. So I got to tell you, I tried the Rapid Pure Scout inline water purifier, and the flow rate is just fantastic. It's replacing the old filter I used with my hydration pack. Flow rates? 
You mean the water was flying through it, right? No struggling to get a drink? Precisely. And when you're working hard on the trail, the one thing you don't want to have to work hard for is water. Staying hydrated should be easy. And Rapid Pure helps you up your water drinking game. The Scout isn't just fast, it also removes pathogens 100 times smaller than filters can remove, including teeny tiny viruses. Thanks to Rapid Pure's Ultra Ceram technology, which attracts and traps pathogens like a magnet. So, Rapid Pure keeps all that nasty stuff out of you. Exactly. With Rapid Pure, the water will be cleaner than if you used a filter, and you'll have an easier time drinking it. Rapid Pure is available on Amazon, and for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off select Rapid Pure products with the promo code 15 off trail. Learn more at rapidpure.net slash trail show. Big thanks to Rapid Pure for tonight's show sponsorship and thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a koozie, some stickers, and some love for $15 or more at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com on Twitter at trailshow on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on the Stitcher app, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, the Apple Podcast app. Another Trail Show is coming on, but don't fret. We'll be back in August with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, DLO, Special 41, Triple O, Salty, and Lance, I'm Disco. Ciao. Kanye's running. Kanye's running. Kanye's oh, running. Kanye's running. What? Uh. What? Yeezy. Yeezy. <laughs> Yeezy 2020. Yeezy 2020. No. Oh, my God. No? Has there ever been a greater fall from, like, quality? Uh, I think our, <laughs> like, our show every month? No. <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. Like, Kanye. His post-Katrina comments to now it's like what happened to this guy man true i don't know i can't i can't get inside his head yeah well neither can clear thinking yeah all right i gotta have some more blueberries no no more those are mine for breakfast and then i gotta go to bed why are you stealing all the disco's blueberries it's it's heresy i bought every damn blueberry in this house Who paid for that blueberry? I did. Yeah, you probably did. You get the frozen ones from Costco? Yep. Those are so good. That's not the current batch. That's in a plastic bin. The ones I was eating were the frozen ones. What? Why are you eating frozen blueberries? Because it's hot. All right, we got to end this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Good to see you. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey now. Bear sweats over here. (laughs) Peace and love. Peace and love. All that was was just a bunch of walking. I don't know (laughs) if I really liked it. You managed to cover an entire slope. With micro micro pieces of food, but micro feces, micro feces, yeah. Hashtag micro His trail name's Pee Pee. I won't get into that. Fight the good fight.
Two go in, one comes out. That's right, one comes out. <laughs> one doesn't make it out, people.